This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that still can't see through the fog. I have to say, I quite enjoyed that. It was wonderfully, wonderfully uh, foggy at the Moulinex Stadium yesterday, but there you go. Um, I mean, talking of fog, the absolute fog of understanding about what on earth is supposed to be happening in terms of whether Chelsea should uh, should be able to play the game or not seemed to be mind-boggling, and it was very clear to me that Thomas Tuchel was rather hacked off that he had to play when we had seven players out with COVID, plus a few staff and several through injury as well. But play we did, well, that's kind of a, a moot point because in the first half, they looked like the complete strangers that they actually were. Thankfully, they looked a lot better in the second half, largely due, bizarrely enough, to the introduction of Saul. Who knew? Anyway, it still didn't mean we scored a goal and we, had, in fact, ended up drawing nil-nil with the Wolves. But there, there again... They're not an easy team to beat, as Liverpool and Man City found out very, very recently. But that's all right. It didn't stop the national newspapers and the media saying that Chelsea are in crisis. We're about to get relegated out of the league. Tommy Tuchel's not only going to get fired next week, but he's having to have his balls removed and shoved in parts where they shouldn't really be shoved. Uh, the more level-headed of us, the more level-headed Chelsea fans know that this is not, in fact, a crisis. This is just football, and it does happen. And sometimes there are extenuating circumstances. And I think a flaming COVID pandemic and a real spate of injuries is extenuating enough for me. So I, for one, am not worried. But having said that, the title of the show tonight, I think quite appropriately, really, is Fog 'em All, the Chelsea fancast number 861. Mm. And there we go. And uh, the uh, the foggy to my uh, Clegg or Compo, if you prefer, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. I can't, I can't talk about that program because I don't drink, so I can't have any summer wine. But it would be nice. Well, I, you could, you could call it the last of the summer wine with an H, couldn't you? W H I N E. I could, isn't it? Last summer wine. Wine. Yeah, yeah. There you go. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Uh, went to the gym. Which Did I you? Was yeah. 
yeah, and um, uh, that's about it, really. Dull, dull, dull day, you know. But uh, what do you expect? One pads around in this pandemic, thinking, "Hmm, am I going to catch it, or am I not?" Um, shall I tell you who else is on the show? That would be lovely. Well, I don't know where you drag these two up from. Bloody hell, fire, Chidge. If we're scraping the bottom of the barrel now, aren't we? I'm glad you're saying that and not me. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that I'm. It's the opposite. I'm. I'm thinking, and we know it's going to be the opposite because we have the 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 excellent, witty, funny, beautiful, terrific, um, acerbic, and uh, um, just generally um, um, all brainy Alex Churchill. Word. I've gone, do you know what, Chidge, JK, I've gone full. Is it nihilist? I'm just like, fuck everything. Yeah, I like nihilist. Same about Chelsea, yeah. will it be? Uh, uh, isn't it a nihilist? Um, I'm just like, is it? I don't know how you say it, but I'm just at the point. Why are we playing football? Why? The world is ending. Why are we playing football? I, I just don't comprehend how some people don't have to pay and others have to go to work every day and risk it. Well, because it's a huge industry where some other people have to go to work is what I suspect. I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, but more of that later, I think. Alex. Yeah, and if we've reached a point where literally at the end of the day, Saul is our saviour. We really are in the fucking twilight zone. Aren't yeah, we? that's. I'd like that... to debate that though. I'd like. Well, to I know, but can we introduce Dan before we start debating things? No, you two are being we're very naughty. Debate. I was about to get into Dan. Please. Mm. You... Ooh, ooh, Mrs. J.K. I never realised you cared that much, mate. Oh, jazz hands. So I'm basically I'm Nora Batty for you. Something like that. It is of course. Wit raconteur, bon vivant, Mr. Dan Silver. Bonjour. How are Hello, you, people? Yeah, very good. It's good to be here on this cold, miserable December night. Yes, it's all got. It's all a bit end of the year, isn't it? I'm feeling a bit end of the year. I mean, I was saying to you lot before I, I, we, you know, went to air that I, oh, I'd actually forgot to do a script today. So it's because I've got the day off. I just, you know, completely out of sync with everything and. For the observant of Mixler, they'll realise that I actually forgot to turn Mixler on until about I'd done the intro. So there we go. Never mind. Um, okay, right. Um, what have we got, got the prediction though? You got the team up for Brentford. That's good. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. I know. I, no, um, I did all this yesterday when I when I yeah. you know when I, I had my game head on. But anyway, what have we got on the show tonight? Well, obviously we're going to talk about uh, Wolves versus Chelsea in part one and two. Um, we will as uh, we well we've got to talk about the COVID farce, which we will. Uh, and the fact that uh, we'll argue with J.K. about, about Saul, no doubt. Uh, we're delighted to see Kante and Kovacic back. Part two, uh, we're going to talk more about the uh, the fact that actually Wolves is a rather tough nut to crack. We're going to have a look at what Tommy Tuchel said. And we are going to say crisis, what crisis, as you heard in my introduction earlier on. And also we're going to be asking what happens next. I mean, I gather that the Premier League have decided that it's all completely safe to play football at the moment because there is nothing called COVID that exists. And, of course, knackering, flogging dead horses that are also known as players is not a problem. But we'll be discussing what happens next in, in part two. Now, in part three, we've got, well, I say we've got Fanny's, you know, talking about being discombobulated. I actually forgot to put the Fanny's votes up on Twitter. So we'll just have to vote for our own man of the match. And uh, 
I didn't deem there were enough Guinness or Celery moments from the weekend to warrant doing a three-way vote, so we ditched that. We've got a couple of Discord questions, and we've got some emails, some excellent emails. And in part four, to round everything up, we will be talking about the Brentford versus Chelsea Caribou Cup quarterfinal on Wednesday, which I am pretty certain is going to go ahead, I think, is what I can glean from the people that I speak to. So there we go. Now, um, as you all know, uh, that you, you can actually listen to this show live if you want to. Which ah, we, yeah, live! You get to hear all the mistakes and all the crap that we talk. That. Yeah, sorry, what I forgot to let you in, didn't I? Shall you do that again? Yeah. Okay. So you can actually listen to this show live. Live! On a Monday evening on Mixler, you see. There we go. Uh, and uh, which is a lovely thing to do because everybody kind of gets to... Uh, to chat amongst themselves and ignore us, which is exactly how it should be. Um, if you want to do that, uh, go to mixler.com forward slash Chelsea High from Fancast, where, of course, you can join in that chat, as I said. Uh, we can also, you know, we're at Chelsea Fancast everywhere else. So uh, just get hold of us that way if you want to. Right, we'll be talking about the football in a second or two. JK I mean <clears throat> Jesus I mean we thought it was bad on Friday when we were talking about it then in terms of well, what what on earth what team could he pick I mean it's a very moot point isn't it because even with all of those um you know seven players out with covid um you know we we were right saying that Chiloba would end up in the midfield weren't we Yeah um, I thought that was yeah. a very good, uh, very yeah. good call indeed but uh, I mean, it's a, it, it also showed that Chiloba playing showed that he wasn't doesn't have great faith in Saul, which I was pleased about. But, yes, uh, yes, I agree with that. I mean, look, the real, the real. I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, I, I don't know if you you saw saw me notes and things, but I I saw a, a very interesting tweet by Matt Law, which was quite even handed uh, in terms of what I mean, because I know I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you will feel about it, but I will ask you in a minute. I mean. I don't think the game should have gone ahead. I was a bit pissed off with the Premier League for basically doing one rule for us and another for them. But actually, to be even-handed about it, I thought Matt Law was interesting. He said without no, he posted this way before the the lineup was announced. I think so in the morning on Sunday. He said without knowing the full details, it does seem odd that Chelsea's request was turned down, and it's a huge problem that we don't know on what grounds and why their case is judged different to some others. It certainly leaves the Premier League open to accusations of bias. But, and a fairly big but, not wanting to have to start with Saul, Barkley or Saar is not a reason to have a game postponed. If Chelsea take a risk on Kante and Kovacic's fitness today, assuming Saul and Barkley are available, it's because Tuchel will have chosen to. Similarly, if Thiago Silva is playing too many games, it's because Tuchel has chosen not to start Christensen uh, like against Everton, although I think he's injured, actually. Or he is Saar. injured. Yeah. He is. Again, not to re- a reason to have a game postponed. We'll be easy to judge this when we see the Chelsea team and bench and he kind of pretty much did what Matt Law was uh kind of predicting in a way but I I feel for Tuchel JK because yeah no no nobody in their right mind would want to pick Saul and Barkley to start if you want to win games and feel that pressure to win a Premier League title which of course he does you know Tuchel any Chelsea manager 
has a pressure to win every match and and and, and get three points in every match, don't they? So what well, choice did he have? Particularly since uh, um, the two teams above um, appear to be slightly more informed than than Chelsea are at the moment. Um, I think he 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 was furious ultimately because he 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 was worried about Kante's fitness having to play him for 90 minutes he had no desire to do so and I, I think even as, as Klopp said that um, he was forced to play Kovacic who'd been been out for for eight weeks and uh, uh, and the policy is as you don't you just give them small increments you just you don't bring them on for large amounts of the game I mean as it was both of them play Kante playing 50 percent is great um uh, um, Kovacic came on and apart from one bizarre moment where he tried to lob the ball um, uh, having been given the ball by Mondi on the goal line and it got uh, immediately snapped up by a, a Wolves player I think he gave it to James or Aspi one of the two and they just got tackled immediately because it was really a um, it was a, a what you call it a, a murder ball now what's the word um, uh, killer ball god I can't remember the name hospital pass hospital pass well said perfect yeah. So, um, except then no, no, they weren't kicked up in the air, but they were tackled immediately. But then I think uh, um, Silver came round and uh, and dealt with the situation as he he tends to do. But um, uh, he was absolutely furious that he didn't because he's he's worried that Kante is injured yeah. again. I mean, do you, do you think they should have allowed us to not start? I mean, I, apparently you have to have eight players out with COVID, and that's maybe why they didn't. Do you want to? Have you got your hand up, Alex? Do you want to? Do you want to answer that? Yeah. It's not about how many fucking players you can field and who is who's got it and who hasn't. It's like Tuchel said, we had had four consecutive days of people turning up for work and testing positive. And the Premier League have put Chelsea and Chelsea staff in a position where they're coming in every day to more cases and they have to continue to go in because they have to field a team at these games, rather than be told their game is off and sever the fucking contamination. They're being forced into getting it, and that's not right. He mentioned going back in the coach. He said that was the chance. three hours on a coach. And also... but they've also they've been with other other players as well who may have it yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah. So it's it's criminally irresponsible on the part of the league if a club has four consecutive days of more people coming in and testing positive. That for them to say, not only have you got to carry on coming to work, but we're going to have you carry on contaminating other teams as well. It's bullshit. Mm. Dan, I know you wanted to come in. What I mean, that's brilliantly forceful from Alex. I would expect nothing less, but also quite well informed. I think. Yeah, totally agree, because he was saying after the match about dinners and everything else, and you wonder if it'd been Liverpool or one of the Premier League favourites, you know, how how um, flexible it would have been. It, it does seem to be very kind of arbitrary how they um, decide who, who what games got called off, because Man U, I think, only had six first-team players um, off with COVID. And also begs the question, if, if, if a club physio club doctor has COVID, then do they have to continue to play the game? Because you haven't got a physio or a doctor, you shouldn't, you know, you can't play the games. I'm just wondering from a financial point of view whether um, they, they've worked out that stakeholders, which is this terrible word I hate to do with the Premier League in sport, are rewarded um, if uh, around the world, say there are three games that are still going, uh, are still going on. It means they can say there is a, um, they can change their cover or whatever. So there is still an outlet and they're still making money around the world. Whereas if there are no games going out, 
um, not that it's a, is that a breach of contract in some way, or is it are they forced to send large amounts of money back? You wonder, in fact, if it's it's purely financial. They lost every game on the Saturday, bar one. There was no way they were yeah. going to lose the Sunday as well. No way. Yeah, it's, it is all about money, Dan. Yeah, I'd be very interested because the reason they're not doing any breaks because the Amazon games, 28th, 29th, are worth a fortune. So there's no way they were going to do a, a fire break with Amazon games around the corner. I think had it been standard Sky BT, they might have done something. But with Amazon paying good money, they're not going to you know, lose all that income from Amazon. No, I agree. I mean, frankly, a pox on all their houses. Uh, we're all old enough, even Alex, actually, possibly. Maybe not Alex. She is a little baby. Um, but uh, me and JK, I'll just leave it at me and JK. I think we're on safe ground there to say we are both old gits, JK, aren't we? It's, it's likely that anything you're going to say will apply to both of us. Yes. Well, and J- me, maybe. Well, maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe you. You're not quite as young as you like to pretend that you are, young Dan. Oh, uh, horrid. But, no. uh, but <laughs> well, I mean, clearly, he doesn't age. He doesn't age. I was going to say, you beat me to it. You beat me to it. Uh, but no, look, J.K. and I can certainly remember when rafts and rafts and rafts of games would be called off at this time of year because of the weather. Nobody batted an eye then about, oh, we've got to play. Actually, you just got to put basically wear snowshoes and play football on them because obviously we have to make all of our money still. Nobody said anything then, did they? The pools panel fair, would come into operation. Yeah, but to be fair, there were also ridiculous games that were played that were televised where um, there would be... Uh, thick sheet of ice all over the pitch and everybody would be sliding around and they'd have get the orange ball out and yeah, love uh, it love it bring and, it back uh, mate bring it back and, uh, you know and legs would be broken and it would be completely impossible to play on the surface and there'd be hideous results and yet that was considered fair play because no it was the same for for both teams was always the excuse for that i do remember that there was once a Blackburn Rovers game that where it was so icy that they got the orange ball out. And I believe Blackburn lost 7-1. And it was because Lars Bohenan was terrible. And it turned out he was colourblind and couldn't see the ball at all. <laughs> he was terrible oh, anyway. White oh, background, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I have to say, actually, one of the great things about yesterday was, in fact, the fact that we did also have some proper old-fashioned fog. And I, I remember matches as a kid where it would... I remember, well, obviously as a kid, what you know, a fog would be. I don't know why it was more common. It just seemed to be more common than it. Just adds something to the football. The last time I remember a match that was almost foggy was uh, away to Palace about five years ago. I happened to get a ticket and sat with old Buncey. Had a great time. Um, but I wish I'd been at Molyneux yesterday because it was wonderfully foggy, Dan. It was. And also, going back, there's a Portsmouth game in the FA Cup in 97 or Sunday morning. It was incredibly foggy. So I remember that clearly. I think we won 4 1 on the way to Wembley. Yeah, I love a bit. Yeah, of fog. it was just it's, it's probably you know, a bit ironic if the game was called off because of fog yesterday. That'd be quite humorous. I, I did wonder actually at one point, right. but uh, it didn't. And uh, you know, as I said earlier on, the first half, I mean, we were poor. We were definitely poor. But I, I think we were poor because guess what? We we looked like a team that hadn't really played together. Who knew? Um, and I thought that Chaloba lacked Jorginho's cohesion and his linking in possession, which again, no surprise there. Uh, what was also interesting, of course, was Aspie being targeted, which I think we've talked about a fair bit. But I, I thought Wolves were quite clever because James was playing quite high up on the right and they were definitely attacking the space. And uh, the interesting thing is it 
it you know Aspie and Mount particularly were were screaming at the bench at Tuchel kind of going well what do you what do you expect or what do you want us to do which I think really was an indicator of how just how disorganized it was in the first half JK to be fair um Wolves really went at us they're a good uh, side, J.K. And I they think. played well. They were a good side up until the end of the first half, when they were completely knackered in the second half, and then didn't actually manage to assemble a single shot on goal. But um, and then we started playing a lot better um, for whatever reason. Um, but uh, no, they, they they hunted in in threes and fours. I was, I was, I was just hoping you were going to say they hunted in packs. Yeah, well, funny enough, I, I, I the thought clearly because of the wolves came into my head then, but. Um, I felt that would have been a bit cliched, so I said threes and fours. Instead. Mind you, they were howling at the end of the game, weren't they? They, they were indeed, and, and, and no doubt uh, weeing in the corners <laughs> of the pitch <laughs> create their territory to keep the image going. Is that what, um, is that what put Pulisic off? <laughs> we, we need to talk about Pulisic. We will later, don't worry. Well, the very because you can't take a shot. Anyway. Uh, that was brilliant. So I did retweet that. I don't know who put it up. I wish I'd remembered. I always forget, which is very bad. We said, but they said that this is a tweet I retweeted that Pulisic is the first American I've ever seen that can't shoot. Was it Dean? Dino? No, no, no. no that's Dean is. Yeah, but there you go. Um, yes. Uh, so the first. Yeah, no, what I was saying seriously, oh, on, sorry, they, sorry, go on. they actually played. Um, they put a great deal of pressure on us. Um, in a in a. Um, almost similar to the way that we play, actually, that every player has three or four players on him really, really energetically. Um, and they're forced out with the ball. And that's why Dave was working, didn't know what to do because they were pressing and pressing and pressing. And I actually thought they would definitely score. So it, it wasn't a surprise to me when they scored what we thought was a decent goal. And when you look back at it, I thought, hang on a second, he was offside and the other bloke was offside. So I don't quite know why it took 23 seconds for the linesman to raise his flag. But... Um, but he, it was pretty obvious that uh, um, uh, Jimenez, was, no, what is his name? Is it not Jimenez? Um, um, yeah, um, Raúl, whoever. It, the, Jimenez, the you're right. Jimenez, yeah. He, yeah. He, if Mondi then thinks he's going to shoot and moves for the ball, it's, he's obviously interfering with play. But I actually thought the guy who put the ball in the dense podence was offside as well. But what do I know? Um, but yeah, so uh, I thought, well, we'd be very lucky if we don't go a goal down at some stage in this first half. Which I, so I thought we were we were resolute. And we've actually battled very well in the first half because it was a scrap. There was a huge amount of niggling going on, large amount of fouling. And we really, we held our heads up. And uh, um, still, it shouldn't be what we should be doing. We should still be beating these teams easily for for the the manager and the skill we've got. But I thought we held on. And that feeling that he'll change it in the second half wasn't actually necessary for him to change it because they came out and stood off because they couldn't keep that keep it up it's frequently the case lots of teams it makes you realize how when chelsea play that way for 90 minutes how fantastically coached oh, they are i i i have to say i i i mean i do really think that uh, i mean i know chiloba took a knock which is why i think he went off um but i it think was, yeah but I, I i don't think it was working with him in midfield at all i have to be honest he just didn't look it, you know he as i said you know, love him or loathe him, Jorginho does a brilliant job in that midfield of just getting things ticking over. He's very good in possession. Well, you can't compare the two. Chips, no, no, no. And I'm not. I'm not. He's a, he's a top. No, I'm not. I don't mean in a nasty way. I'm not trying a, to. You know, no. Jorginho's top class. Yeah, midfield. he's brilliant. But he's brilliant. He's brilliant at what he does. He's exactly that. He's brilliant at what he does, and that's what he does. And that's why. I mean, I know. I know. You know. You got a bit of. 
I don't, I, I don't think you actually got stick because people love you far too much to give you too much stick. But I think a lot of people responding to your fan bite felt you were a bit down on Saul, which is understandable. We've all been down on him. I actually have to say, I thought he did a lot better when he came on uh, yesterday. And I think the interesting thing was it, he actually looked happy or more comfortable kind of playing in that Jorginho role, being the furthest midfielder or the ne- the, cl- the nearest midfielder to the d- defence, just linking the play. Because he's got, you know, he's he's a good player deep down. He's good at that short passing, oh, keeping control. And that's all he really had to do. And he, of course, he had Kante next to him. And then, interestingly enough, Kovacic came on and they had three in midfield, which I thought was really interesting. And I thought that worked a lot better. Dan, you're looking effusive in your agreement on what I'm saying. Yeah, I was going to say, I think kind of, you know, almost a protection of Kante and Kovacic allowed him a bit more time on the ball, a lot less pressure. And I think apart from one errant pass, he had probably his best 45 minutes for us. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, think it was think, easier think, for him because of the fact that, well, yeah, it's got that the they were backing off. They started backing but off. But to a point when you got the protection of Kovacic defend, and Kante. Yeah, it was easier. But I still think um, my, my complaint would be um, I, I felt he gave the ball away. He was caught in possession a few well, times. I, I think he got caught in possession once, once. actually. Yeah. Once. He, one, he one very good thing is he got caught, caught in possession and ran back and tackled. Yeah. Got the ball back, yeah. which was very good. Yeah. But he... Um, I, I don't know. We're, I, I'm expecting more, Chidge. Well, the, how, how... Hang on a minute. How can you be expecting more from Saul when for the last few weeks we've been saying he's one of the worst players we've seen at Stamford Bridge? That's true. That's true. Because um, I, I'm always full of hope that a player's been scouted for two years who's a Spanish international and played uh, um, in cup finals for Atletico Madrid would be excellent. I just think he's played, what, knee thrown against the Profeti. Very talented, very good player. It's very hard to come into Premiership and hit the ground running. Very hard. And he's had, you know, he's, he's hot. he hasn't had any proper game time because you don't get a time to have game time here because it's Chelsea. He's got talent. He's got ability. Will we see it in this year? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. It's just incredibly frustrating just because you expect so much because obviously Saul and what he's done at Atleti, very talented, very skillful player. Yeah, but, really bad baptisms of fire against Villa. Maybe that was a wrong game to start because John McGinn chased him all over the park in the horrendous first 45 minutes. And this, maybe this will be the turning point for him. Well, I hope so, because I think the reality is whether we rate him or like him or not, clearly we're going to need all of these players this year. Yeah, well, we're going to need them, you know. We're going to need... I mean, actually, do you know what? To be fair to us all, we've said it since the beginning of the season. We all knew that there were going to be a ton of games this year, largely because of the World Club Cup. Uh, and the fact that we thought we would go deep in most competitions. So we knew that we were going to need the squad. At that stage, we felt that the squad was up to it. Recently, we were beginning to think they might not be. Very quickly, I've got a um, a point from Leif, Leif Keeve on uh, Mixler. He said, could someone enlighten me on how Jimenez was able to play with his red card from the City game? I thought it was a two-match suspension. And Well, of course, I know the answer to that, which is two yellow cards, Leif. So you don't get a suspension for two yellow cards. Am I right, Dan? No, wrong. It's one game and oh, a game. It. Hang on, I, I don't so talk at once because I don't hear two, you. Two yellow cards, one game ban. One, one game ban was a midweek match. Wolves had. Right, they had a midweek match. Yeah. Mm. So there we go. So I'm wrong two, as well, two, Lee. Two yellow cards. Two yellow cards is a one match ban. Okay. All right. Yeah. Straight reds three, isn't it? It depends yeah. on the challenge. Yeah, no, if it's, a, if it's serious foul play, it's three. If it's a, a professional foul, I think so it's one. So me, me, like most pundits, football players and managers don't know the rules. Who knew? Um, Alex, um, it, was, it, was, it was kind of one of those weird things watching Kante, I thought, yesterday. I mean, it, it, on the one hand, it was actually just wonderful 
to see him back. And even half fit, he was probably our best player. But on the other hand, you're like wincing and thinking, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And I mean, there was, I don't know how true this is, but I did read some stuff going around after the game that they, you know, I think uh, Tuchel was worried about if it's done any damage to him. I mean, have you heard anything about that? No, I've not heard anything regarding damage. But like you say, you sit there and you're just praying that it isn't some dodgy game against Wolves that rules him out for important stuff later in the season. And I just just cannot get past my rage that he was even put in a position where he had to play yesterday because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many of your players have it and whether or not you can field a team. It's about the social fecking responsibility of not forcing people into an environment where they're going to get sick, which is what the league are doing. Um, And the fact that Kante was even on the pitch for any of them, I just, I was so busy swearing and ranting at the fact that they made us play that um, it paled everything else into insignificance. Because if Kante had gone down, it would have been, I'd have been more pissed off than when Ruben did his knee on that fake pitch. You see that he got... um, uh, kicked on the foot, stood on his foot, Cody, in the last few minutes, mm. and it was actually a penalty, and they should have gone to VAR. And he was injured because he then limped away, and they both sort of, um, Cody apologised, but he had actually stepped on his foot, and I was worried. I'm still worried now that it may have been something that he uh, he won't be able to shrug off. Could be a metatarsal. So I, yeah, I was worried about that because yeah. he he limped away, but it was once again it, it was a penalty. And I'm just bemused how they, they're so selective now on what they consider to be on field and there's no need to look at it. It's just, you know, I know. I, I don't know how you, with me, I thought they just kind of cancelled out that I, I didn't really see why their goal got disallowed. So I was kind of like... Mm. It was miles offside, miles that's offside. why. Miles. Miles offside. I mean, yeah. I'm as blind as a bat and I could bloody see. <laughs> I didn't see all the line drawing and everything that came off. You didn't, didn't even need them. You didn't need to. We didn't need to. Really? It was it was offside it when it was when it was passed. I thought, oh, Jimenez is offside. Well, it, I think Ponis is offside as well. It was wasn't just that. I mean, Pudence put it in, but what happened was Jimenez was offside when the ball was crossed by at least a yard, yeah, and then yard. when the ball came across, he tried to put it in but missed it. But actually, Mendy Mendy dived on the basis that that uh, Jimenez was going to connect. So not only was a yard, he was a yard offside, he was absolutely, fundamentally, completely and utterly interfering with play. I mean, it was about as cast iron offside as you could get. And how Bruno Lager can sit there with a straight face moaning about it. He needs a slap, mate. Anyway. Benjamin Mendy in our goal, yeah? Oh, fuck. Oh, stupid commentator. <sighs> I mean, somebody said on Twitter, I don't know who it was, but they said it, it's, it's almost like they're doing it deliberately. You know? This, this, you know, it's just frightful. It really is. I think it's, I think it's absolutely fucking disgraceful. They should be held to task from their employees. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, once I mean, it's 2021, and we're going with the fact that what? So all black people look the same. So it's all black people well, it, it, it's not, ridiculous. It's not just that. That's it's just it. that they're confusing him with a, excuse me, allegedly a rapist. Yeah. It's, it's that as well. It's a five foot eight fullback versus a six foot four goalkeeper yeah. who play for different teams in different parts of the country. Absolutely no excuses for it. It's like you're not going to confuse like um, Simon Thomas made a mistake. I'm not going to call you like Garant Thomas because you know you've got the same yeah. surname. It's absolutely ridiculous. Does, does this absolutely appalling. Does, does this make me really bad for always getting Peter and Casper Schmeichel mixed up? 
No, because we hate both of them. So don't yeah, they're both, they're both wankers. They're interchangeable <laughs> yeah. wankers. So. You're Danish, Chish. You're Danish. You're Danish and you know you are. That, that reminds me, you know that interview I did with Clive Batty about his top ten of everything Chelsea? I had a, had a read of it before I interviewed him, obviously. And uh, they've got he's got a top ten chance in there, and one of them was the one we sang to Galatasaray. You're sheesh, and you know you are, which is still oh, love it. One of my all time favourites. Anyway, um, we digress. Yeah, talking of sheesh, and we know you are. Well, I mean, the stats say how utterly abject we were at creating chances. Although you know, one does have to remember that if you're playing uh, a team that decide to play five at the back, then it's it's very hard to break them down. But we didn't create much. But again, you know, with a midfield that was a bit croc it was again hardly surprising we did get one excellent chance though and we, there, were, there were a couple of really good bits of play one of one of them was when Alonso I mean he was offside sadly but he cracked cracked the ball against the bar but the other one was when he put through Pulisic and Pulisic was one-on-one with the keeper and I think I don't know I mean I thought it was a good save I, I don't think that that was nailed on I mean he got a lot of stick for missing it but it was hardly an open goal was it Alex? Um, I don't think so. No, I just I'm laughing. I'm going to find it for you in one of the breaks. You know, Holmes, his son cannot stand Alonso, and I can't remember what the quote was about uh, who he who he hates him more than. But it's hilarious, and I'll find it for you. But I'm sidetracked by that. But no, I don't think so. I just oh, everywhere I look in this game, it was just drudgery. And like you said at the beginning, it they don't even know each other. These eleven players would never get picked to play together if we had a fucking choice. So it just feels. I know we have to we have to be here for two hours, and it's part of the fun to sit and dissect it. But it's just like, oh, what's the point? What's the point? Of <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm this off. I'm off. See you yeah. guys. Let's just like, let's just sit here and get drunk. <laughs> you can't learn anything from this game. You can't learn anything other than the fact that the Premier League are wankers. So let's just sit here and drink. We'll play a drinking game. I'm just reflecting on what you said there and thinking, you yeah. know, Dan, Dan's drinking wine. I'm drinking coffee. Jay's, Jay's drinking tea. It's not going it, to, that's maybe not going to work, Alex, right now. Annoyingly. Oh, Dan's winning. Me and Dan are winning. You and, yeah, you and me. Dan are winning. Exactly it's that. It's like, I think, listen, Wolves were a decent team, albeit, albeit they're a bit binary with their results, aren't they? Like nil one, well, one nil, nil, nil one. exactly but, what you'd expect they, them to do against this, the week. Indeed. All right, time out, both of you. Stop talking over each other because it's annoying because I can't actually <laughs> understand what either of you are saying. I want to get onto that in a minute, actually. It's a good time to have a break, really, because uh, then maybe I'll think about finding a beer, Alex, so I can keep you and Dan uh, for company. <laughs> but um, before I do that, uh, there is... Well, I, I'm, I am told because I haven't, I haven't received mine in the post yet, but I, I do know that there is a new CF, CFC UK that is out. So if you subscribe to it, it should be coming through your letterbox very, very shortly. Uh, on match days, of course, you can get a, a proper copy of it uh, at the store, which is opposite Fulham Broadway. But if you can't, uh, you know, you can't get to the games or you don't live here, don't worry. You can still subscribe to it. You can get the hard copy sent in the post uh, by subscribing for £16. Um, in fact, if you email... Dave uh, at fanzine at cfcuk.net. You may even get a discount because, of course, we're halfway through the season now. Um, <clears throat> in Europe, it's 35 quid. In the rest of the world, it's 45. If you uh, want to just have it emailed to you as a PDF, that's okay. You can do that. It costs you six quid for a season or one pound uh, per PDF copy. Uh, but either way, just get hold of Dave at fanzine at cfcuk.net and sort out your subscription, how to pay uh, by PayPal. Uh, and things like that so there you go now when we come back we will be revisiting this uh, absolutely brilliant uh, thoroughly entertaining excitement filled drudgery that was the Wolves nil Chelsea nil on Sunday 
I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge and uh, co-piloting the good uh, USS Chelsea Fancast uh, tonight is Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello, campers. He's playing the Will Riker role. That's very clever, except I'd have to be much taller and... Uh, um, I'd always have to fall in love with the leading lady. Yeah, Alex. Hello. She would. She would have to be. She would have to be Beverly Crusher, or Uhuru. Yeah, not Uhuru. That's going back into a, the previous series. I know. So we we on next generation. Yeah, we um we are. Okay, should be Beverly Crusher then. Should uh, be. Yeah. Who he did have? No, or it's um, it's the uh, the soothsayer. What's it? The um, the um, yeah. Mar- Marina, she, Marina, Marina Cyrus, Marina Cyrus, yeah, English actress. We don't mention her because she's a Spurs fan. That's right, she is. So she's not allowed to be mentioned. I think Dan is probably Mr. Wolf, isn't he? Really, Mr. Wolf, yeah. rather. No, Mr. Wolf. <laughs> Mr. Wolf. <laughs> He's looking well pissed off for that one. He's Mr. like, Mr. I don't come here on a Monday evening to get abused by you. Like, I can do that anywhere. Mr. Warroff. Just, just go and see my family. <laughs> exactly. Yes, we've also got Alex Churchill and the lovely uh, Dan Silver, the long-suffering Dan Silver in the house at the moment. So there we go. Uh, right, now, um, we were kind of leading to this conclusion earlier on that, uh, well, Dan was actually, and he, he makes an excellent point that actually Wolves are no mugs. And just to underline that, uh, they lost to lost 1-0 to Liverpool the other week Um at home and Liverpool scored in the la- literally in the, with the last kick of the game they lost 1-0 away to City with 10 men down to 10 men and they lost to an incredibly dubious penalty um, the bottom line is Dan you're right you know Wolves are no mugs and they are very tough not to crack and I think the other thing that I would say you know given that I mean here's the thing if your manager's out there publicly saying basically he doesn't think the game should be going ahead what does that do to your players Mentally, it's going to be hard for them to be at it as much. But given that, you know what? I think given the circumstances, I'd like to think that in the dressing room, you know, that Tuca was saying one thing to the public. In yeah. the dressing room, he's saying, right, they fucking hate us. Everybody hates us. You need, we've got, we got to fight here. This is us against them. Real kind of siege mentality. Because I, I have to say, given the circumstances, given who they had in the team, I think they really did fight. They tried everything. And actually, we, you know, we've we got no striker, no proper striker playing for us, and we just couldn't get enough shots away. But, you know, I, I'm really quite happy with how they put it in yesterday. I've got to be honest. You know, the result, meh. But the performance under those circumstances, I was more than happy with, I think. Yeah, they definitely put a shift. And I think, you know, I think Tickle's public persona was great because he really spoke for us, for the, for the club, for the fans. He, you know, could sense how angry he was. As you say, you know, the, the private conversation addressing was like, let's get out these fuckers for minute one. I think given everything, it was, a de- I guess, a good, a good, well-organised wall side, very hard to break down, and pretty much their full-strength team to go there with a scratch team and come away with a nil-nil draw. I don't think the performance was that important. It was just a point of not losing and just gaining a point. So I think all, all things considered, it, it was a good performance and a much, much better second half. It and, would and have been great. nice to have snatched Oh yeah, every house that we're now, but just Pulisic got into a good position there and should have actually. Um, it's this this 
I always feel with him slightly there's this desire to score the terrific goal uh, rather than just thinking once again, let's just blatter in. And I think Mount's a bit guilty of that as well. They they just want to tap in because that's their kind of mentality is I'm in the situation of the goalkeeper's not going to save this if I tap past them. And of course, goalies are pretty good in the Premier League and uh, you need to even concentrate in that final stride and think more about where you're going to put the goal. The proper strikers do that. Yeah, it just it's, it's definitely. I mean, you look at Mount's last two goals, they've all been sort of six-yard tappers, haven't they? Albeit very good finishes. The Everton goal and the... was it? I but he hit them pretty hard. I think there's the difference. Hard, but close it's, in. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 we saw the team. We saw like you know players who haven't played for weeks on end. You think you know what? If we come away with a point, we'd be happy. You'd have taken the point at two o'clock. Whatever anyone says. But it's awful, isn't the it? Fact, that we're having to say we, we're happy to take a point because the team's been it's, ravaged, it's, not only yeah, by a couple exactly. of injuries but by COVID. So there's a huge compromise. Yeah, no, it's, it's round and round and round in circles. I, do you know what? I mean, Tuchel made some again. I mean. If you want to know what's going on at Chelsea, you just, just just listen very carefully to what Tuchel says. I think he's such a supreme communicator, and he's not a bullshit merchant like the others that we've had, like Mourinho. You know, he doesn't he doesn't treat this as a game. He says it how it is. I love him for this, but this is what he said. He said we struggled in the first half after a very strong start in the first five minutes. Absolutely true. To adapt to all's shape, and we were a bit late in all the challenges. Absolutely true. The reaction in the second half was very, very good and was a good performance. I agree. At nil-nil, uh, uh, nil, a nil-nil at Wolves, we have another clean sheet, so a lot of positive things. It's hard to create chances. It was clear before the game that it is hard to score goals here. This is clear. So I think to analyse this game isolated and purely this game, I'm absolutely OK. We could have won it with a bit of luck. Here and there, a bit more quality, a shot or more, or little situations on our side, but I'm very happy with how we played in the second half. The, this is the really interesting point, which I think, no pun intended, I think, you know, absolutely segues into what you were saying, JK. The points we dropped today, did Manchester City win? OK, predictable. The points that hurt are the points we lost at home to Man United, Burnley and Everton. These are the six points that hurt, not today. I really couldn't agree more with that. I think he's nailed it. You know, and, um, Sorry, Dan, do you want to say? No, I was going to agree. I mean, it was, you know, those are not so much Manchester United, but certainly Everton and Burnley, you know, we should have got, we should, well, isn't, no, divine rights to be any team, but you think on paper, we, we should have got. Well, I think also not the number of chances. The, I mean, I think, he's, yeah. I think Burnley. He's, yeah. Burnley. Everton, battered them. Everton, Everton battered them. One mistake, punished for it. You yeah. know, yeah. West Ham should never have lost that game. Fluke, you know. Fluke goal. Yeah. yeah. You know, so... I think people, you know, it's how you, how you look at stuff. Chelsea, you know, have, have only have lot of drops, you know, one defeat in seven, isn't it? It depends how you, you balance it out, isn't it? You know, Mate, we've only... We, we, we've it's, done it's, it's, it's how many in the last 18 games. We've lost We've lost one match one, in the last yeah. 17. Yeah. 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 Crisis! You look at it like that. Crisis! Yeah, yeah. It's all about, it's all about how, you, how you, you perceive stuff and how, you, you know, the media like to spin stuff. I mean, listen, we're third... Four boys, four five off City, off City. But six off 20, City and three off. Twenty Liverpool. games, twenty games to go. It's a long, long way yeah, to go. So I'm, I'm, I'm have a blip or whatever. I'm worried for Pulisic's form because you know we're still searching for the player that was completely su- superb two seasons ago. You know, right. and I. But to be fair to him. You know, the number of balls that were pumped up in the area, he just thought, and he, he can't get there. He's got you know three huge, huge. Yeah. Um, mountain like mountain men to compete against. To get, if he, I was hoping he'd sneak in and get a header. But you know, he tries very hard, 
and he's not in the in the greatest form at the moment. But it was I felt he had a better game than he played um, uh, yeah. during the week. Actually, I felt because having said that, though, in the week he, on one occasion we worked out he played he played um, fullback, didn't he? He played um, wingback. Yeah, wing he was all, he was all yeah. over the pitch, being played everywhere. So, but I just wish him. Yeah. I wish somehow we could try and recapture some of that form that we got two years ago when we were comparing him to Hazard. You know. I think I think Pulisic is an incredibly talented footballer. He's had so much bad luck with injuries. The, the hamstring injury in the cup final has really set him back oh. a long, long way. I think he's a great talent. He's not playing to his strongest position. When we get everybody back, we might see the best of him. I think he's, you know, we, we give up too quickly on players. He, he needs 10, 15 games in a row. To find I'm, not, I'm not giving up on him at all. I think it's no, just, no, we, work, we, just we hope to, um, it's, it's slightly a mystery to me. That, and, um, given his absolute brilliance and but but yeah. you know it as i say it's 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 tricky when you're playing completely out of position and you're trying yeah, to uh, and, and you're not being given the the delivery is is yeah. you know huge and reese james would bizarrely did a lot of strange centers the, the goalkeeper yeah. just leapt in and, and and easily gathered you know so Pulisic has got the pace you've got to play balls in behind down behind the center half to get him in like that goal he got against man city during lockdown when he just kind of nicked the ball Took the centre, the full back on, and they just sped past him, and left him his way, and put the ball in the back of the net. But I, here's a here's a question. Here's, here's a question. Sorry to butt in, Dan. Here's a question yeah. for you all, really. And I think now we're talking about Pulisic, um, and we're trying to compare Pulisic with when he when he first started playing for Chelsea, and he was absolutely excellent. And and now I'm wondering because I mean the easiest thing to say is, well, where where are all these brilliant runs he used to do? He used to dribble past people and then unleash this ferocious shot and score great goals. Where's that gone? Well, I th- I wonder if that's gone because. You know, defenders have wised up to him now, and they think, "Oh, we better not let him go on one of those. So we'll just chop him down." Because I think actually that's what tends. To, we don't see him doing those dribbles and then unleashing a shot because he's been fouled about ten yards before he ever gets into that position. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's a go-to player to get fouled. He's like Hazard now. The players foul him straight away. He barely gets any chance to move with the ball because straight away Everton mm. three, four times he just gets clipped. And that, he's got nowhere to go. Yeah. He's not but, protected by the refs. Similar well, to Hansen, they you know, they're, they're, there were a couple of occasions where he was whipped to the ground and he was just lying there and the ref just played on. Yeah. They're really shitty tactical fouls which are, are part and parcel of the game. They're they fucking in turn, against you. They? Yeah, they do. Yeah, um, exactly. Now, listen, I'm just going to remind you all again, try not to talk. It's awful on Zoom when you talk over each other because it, it just cancels each other out. And also, I can't understand what any of you are saying. So... Just, just be a bit patient. Um, I just want to talk about ZH very quickly, Alex. Um, I'm, 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 I'm not a huge fan. I'll be honest with you. And I thought he was poor again yesterday. I mean, I believe he's got a knock as well, but he just gives the ball away a lot. I mean, I know J.K. was saying Saul gives uh, the ball away a lot, but I mean, you know, the number of times he lost possession or just did a stupid pass. I have to say, Reese James was had a poor game for us as well. I think yesterday, but yeah. you know, ZH. Definitely was giving the ball away. I just don't know what to think of him because we see these these moments of absolute brilliance and then just, you know, huge swathes of the game where he disappears or just doesn't seem to be able to influence things. It just, this is the point where we really need him to man up and do something and prove himself. And he's just not, is he? I mean, there's so many other players out. He's not sick, he's not injured, and yet he's still not doing it. And I just, if you don't do it now, mate, when are you going to do it? Because if you're doing it when everybody's fit, I'm not bothered. I just, we need him to do like, you, you remember when William just fucking picked it up and carried us? 
I would just at least try and do that instead of just moping around. He then the tries too hard though, Zach, and then fouls yeah. a lot because you can see that he's he's trying to make an effort, so he makes too much of an effort. He over efforts. I mean, um, my new fuck everything like frame of mind might be not very fair to him, but I just feel like I just every time I watch you, I want you to do something special and prove me wrong, and you just don't. Don't but don't know. you feel that there are a lot of players like that in the team that you'd like them to do something very special? The only person <laughs> no. who does something special consistently all the time, who I am absolutely in love with, and I keep trying to say to people, you just must relish this guy's performance. Is um, is Thiago Silva, who is absolutely yes. Yes. phenomenal, a phenomenal footballer, phenomenal centre half. The I just uh, want to. Lick yeah, you want to lick his face, don't you? Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. He just turn up for work, give it everything, leave it all on the floor. I just, Zayat, take note, just because you don't do that. No. Yeah. Silver's just, I've just lost for words, superlatives. I mean, he's just incredible. Everything about him, the way he holds himself. The way his family is taking to Chelsea. I just absolutely love him. I just wish we could have gone at 27. Yeah. Absolutely just a beautiful footballer. But also as well, it's it's not ideal for him playing this much. He's not, it's not all going his way either. And yet, do you see anything in his body language that's mopey or whiny? No. Get out there and do your job and do the best that you can do. And I just don't feel that there's certain others, and I think Syek's one of them, that don't do that. Yeah. Well, I think Silver's he's kind of a throwback actually but i mean he's and the other i think the, the the underlying point picking the bones out of everything you've just been saying you compare and contrast some other players is silver is just always i mean that's the the, the hallmark of a world-class quality player for me that they're consistent they never give you anything less than seven out of ten and invariably they'll give you a nine and that's the difference because you know ziet you'll get a nine one week and a three the next and that's that's not good enough for a club like chelsea in my book um he picked up an injury, I believe. Um, I think Tuchel said something like this. Uh, what did he say after the match? He limped uh, off. He certainly limped off. Yeah, I'm sure he mentioned Ziyech. Oh, I can't find it now, as always. But uh, anyway, the bottom line is, I think at the last count, we've now got uh, Werner, Havertz, Lukaku, Chilwell, hudson Adoy, Jorginho and Loftus-Cheek out with COVID. We've got Ziyech, Christensen, Chaloba and Chilwell, obviously, out injured. And we've got returning from injury, Kante and Kovacic. So let's hope there's no reaction from Kante and Kovacic, given that they probably had to play. I mean, again, if I can find this quote from Tuchel, I can tell you. Here we go. Kovacic has had one training session and N'Golo Kante has had one training session. Chaloba had two. So, they, you know, I don't think he would have had them anywhere near that team if it hadn't have been this situation. So, you know, effectively, we've got, what, 11 players out. Well, sorry, 10 players out plus two, really probably not ready for it yet, which is appalling. And all the others have been exposed to COVID because they keep making them go to work. Well, exactly that. This is what you were saying earlier on. So, you know, in the midst of all of that, we get the media pummeling us. I mean, it's so interesting for people who mm. watch this kind of stuff when you see the headlines from Sky Sports News, you know, Chelsea slip up again, you know. And this is the narrative that they try and create. And it's the same with all that. I mean, Football London had a really good article today on what the national newspapers all said. And it was all pointing towards this. You know, we're in crisis. Tuchel, you know, skating on thin ice. You know, all crisis, crisis, crisis. It's almost like 
it's it, you know what it does remind me of this bullshit kind of stuff you get you've been getting in politics for the last five years where they create fake news and they just repeat it it's like goebbels did this in the second world war alex will know this she's a great historian they just repeat the same garbage enough until people fucking believe it and i think this is what happens it's called gaslighting so it makes you question your own sanity and then you end up you just end up agreeing with them and then we all go around saying oh no chelsea in crisis oh you know they're gonna sack two next no none of this is true it's fake it's living in a completely different parallel universe the real crisis at Chelsea Football Club is fucking COVID and injuries. And it has been since November. We sort that out. We are not in bad shape, are we, gents and lady? Yeah. No, not at all. We're, we're, as I say, we're having a, an indifferent spell of form. Only six points behind City. 20 games to go. Get everybody back. We're more than capable of going on a run, as we've proved, to get all those points back. You know, City and Liverpool in January, assuming it goes ahead. Could be very, it could be a very different landscape in a good way or a bad way. I'd rather we were having this moment now than in March. Yeah, I'd rather we have our road bump now and our injuries now. The the the, the only coder on that, Alex, is that we have to get out of it somehow. And I, I, you know, the the whole I think COVID underlining all of this is a, is a is a worry. But I think in the cold light of day. You know, we are still in touch with Liverpool, thanks mainly to Spurs, uh, drawing with them yesterday. Six points behind City is worrying. And I, I do take what people say. And there's a, this is a valid point. Liverpool and, uh, well, Liverpool drew 2-2 yesterday. So maybe that's a moot point. City are in horribly good form. I think they won something like eight on the trot and they're looking rather, rather good, which is what they do. Uh, I don't think Liverpool are, 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 are watertight, I have to say. And we're very much in touch with them. And of course, the reality is, is that we're still, you know, six points is clawable back. Nine, less so. I would grant you that. But we're still in touch. We're still in the league. We're still in the FA Cup, the Champions League and the Club World Cup. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that that's a crisis. Nobody, nobody was saying Liverpool were in crisis when they were out of touch last season or, or even at moments this season. It just... It's it's an agenda. There's it's nothing short of that. Anyway, enough of me moaning about the media. I do that enough. I think the real key thing here um, is is really very much uh, you know in light of what happened today because the Premier League had their meeting where they decided that uh, they're all going to carry on. So they're not going to have a circuit breaker uh, in the league. They're not going to cancel next week's fixtures. They're just going to carry on. Um, well, I'm, 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 I mean, I don't even know where to start with that, J.K. But I mean, if we get any more cases of COVID, you would imagine we would then meet the threshold to get a game postponed. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm perplexed, mate. I have to say. What is the threshold? No one knows. No one knows. It's whatever they say it is on that given day. It's bullshit. Like you say, United had six, and they get their game called off. Wasn't there, was- there a, um, a story that he's actually now going to ask the? Um, uh, he's going to to use the uh, the Cobham boys to use the youth team. He's going to actually involve them. But I thought that they were there in a different are, bubble. Are, no, apparently there aren't bubbles that way at Cobham. There was another article that I read. Is that right, Dan? Did you hear that? So I, I know he's bought over six Harvey Vale and I think five other players from the academies into the first team squad. Because, I mean, for example, this is United meant to play Chelsea youth on Friday just gone. Mutually agreed to cancel it, just they weren't avoiding travelling. So they, they can be sensible. But no, he's, brought, he's brought six of the, the kids over. I think the centre-back, William Bammer, is that his name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. William Bammer, Harvey Vale, 
and three others um, into into the into training. So listen, also Brentford have got thirteen players out. So I can't yeah, they got thirteen. Right? Surely the game can't go ahead. Surely, or they just, or they're just kids in. They just it's, you know go with the kids. Time out, time out. Just just very quick because I want to don't lose this point because it's a really interesting one. Because I actually yeah. thought that we weren't allowed to uh, bring any of these youth players in because of course they train in different sites. So I was I was on the impression. I mean, and Adam pretty much confirmed this on Friday and said no, no, they're still having to be separate. Um, I, and just bef- as we kind of segued onto the Brentford game, because I think it's worth talking about, I know we're going to talk about it later, but I, I think a lot of these clubs will be able to very readily bring in their youth players, like Everton did against us last week, because I don't think they will bubble in the same way. That was the impression I had. Yes. I was just going to say, I thought I thought the, the youth has uh, broken up for Christmas, as it were, so maybe they can come across. I may be wrong on that, because mm-hmm. I know the United-Chelsea game was the last game before the Christmas holidays, so I wonder if that they might have just broken up so to speak they can bring players over yeah i don't know i mean jk what yeah. do you what do you reckon no i just read an article on twitter and therefore it must be true saying <laughs> saying that uh, um uh, this the, this chelsea hadn't applied this over there were there, there weren't bubbles in cobham you could just um move from one set of uh, uh, from one team to the other if necessary we'll just make up rules as well it's fine We'll all just make it up as we go along. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, we will be we will be previewing the uh, supposed Caribou Cup quarterfinal against Brentford on Wednesday, uh, which we're on. I mean, I have to say, and, and I, I'll try not to repeat this later when we talk about it, but uh, I, I spoke to some Brentford people today and they're, they're adamant that, I mean, you know, it's actually Billy the Bee who we had on the show a while back. Uh, and as you know, I mean, he speaks to their chairman. You know, that's the kind of uh, access you get if you're a, Brentford podcast. Um, I mean, I, I, I do know Bruce and I could probably phone him up, but I don't think he'd ever agreed to come on the podcast somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and I know he listens. And if you are listening tonight, Bruce, uh, I hope you're well. But anyway. He might if there's cookies. He might if there's cookies. Yeah, well, of course. Some crisps. It'll be on Zoom. Well, it gets it. <laughs> well, it'll be on Zoom. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to give him cookies. But. Um, Post them before it starts, Bruce. We'll post okay, you cookies. We'll post him cookies, Alex, just for you. Uh, anyway, uh, Billy the Bee has spoken to Brentford's chairman and they're absolutely desperate to have the game on. So my suspicion is, is if they have 13 players out with COVID that, that have been out for less than 10 days, which I think would be pretty much true, then they'll probably just put a lot of their youth in. But of course, the proof of that pudding will be in the eating on Wednesday night. Now, uh, we're going to have a quick break and then when we come back, uh, we're going to be doing our little bit of odds and sods, so fannies, discord questions and a few emails. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? 
Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Mails. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stamford Chidge, and uh, I'm joined as ever by Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be on the show, Chich. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, mate. Loved your fan bite again. <sighs> Thank you. Very interesting, though, isn't it? When we're shit, we get more views. It's so Arsenal fan TV, isn't it? Well, I, I, I was actually worried after the uh, the terrible anger I'd had at the Everton game. <laughs> I was letting people down that I was quite mellow about it, you know. I was a bit foggy. I was a bit, you know, the fog had rendered me a bit. Yeah, but, you know, as long as we're honest, that's all I ask. We just be authentic and honest. But, you know, AFTV and there, it's just it's just fucking drama, mate. Um, anyway, uh, we've also got two more drama queens on the show, of course. We have the lovely Dan Silver. Hello. And the uh, ever so uh, lovely Alex Churchill. Bar humbug. Bar humbug. Full of Christmas spirit and cheer. That's what we love to see. I hate Christmas. Yes, I know. Anyway, um, I, 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 I hate Christmas, but I love fannies. What can I say? Uh, apart from the fact that um, a combination of, uh, well, basically stupidity on my part. I, I, I'm now officially on holiday for two weeks. And I think I took it a little bit literally today because I completely forgot last night to put the fannies up for voting on Twitter and uh, I took one look at the work that the wonderful people of Discord did on the salary moment and the Guinness moment and I thought well I didn't really think there was anything that made me go whoa or made me laugh so therefore I've decided there is no vote for the salary or the Guinness moment but the one vote we are having I'm afraid will just have to be me Alex JK and Dan tonight because uh, I didn't put it up for a vote so I'm really sorry about that I will do better next week now the nominations that I gleaned from uh, Discord, they basically were very much behind Silver or Kante being man of the match. And I did throw in Saul, in, <laughs> in part in part, just to wind you up, JK. Yeah, you succeeded. <laughs> but I have to say, I think he was instrumental in helping us to turn the game around because I do think he gave us that balance that we lacked. So I put him in there. I don't expect him to win man of the match, but I think he deserved a nomination. So I'm going to go to you last, and I'm going to ask Alex first. Silver, Kante, or Saul for you? My heart says silver, but I'm going to vote Saul just because I want to see JK have a meltdown. Okay. <gasps> that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's one way. This is more it. entertaining than the game was. 
Yeah, so one vote for, vote for Saul. Uh, Dan? Oh, uh, go on. Do I be do Christmas it. cheer and vote for Silver? Would it be Bar Humbug and go for Saul just to see JK? Oh, no, no! <laughs> I'm going to go, you know what? It was such a shit game. I'm going to go for Saul. Okay. Okay, well, I'll tell <laughs> you what. Alex, five. I'll vote for Niguez. Yeah, okay. That's, uh, that's still vote. Saul. Yeah, I know. So that's three for Saul then? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, even though I don't actually think he was man of the match, just so that I, oh, I don't do come I. across <laughs> as being well, as being uh, uh, um, It's going to make a ridiculous decision for nothing because it's what the league do. Yeah, when why it not? Absolutely. Well, I, I, I mean, because it's now in the bag that Saul has technically won the Chelsea fan cast man of the match, Fanny. Uh, I can, I have a free vote, and I, I will go with the person that I think really was the man of the match, and that's Kante. Even on one leg, he was the best player we had. Silver, again, undoubtedly. I mean, it's toss up between those two. I mean, Silver's just supreme every. I mean, you could argue that Silver wins the man of the match every week, really, because he's just that bloody good. But I, I, I mean, it, it was noticeable that we look at different cyber Kante in it. But I, I do think Saul was fundamental to to bringing some balance to us. We we lacked that balance, and for forty five minutes before that, when we looked pretty shit, Kante was on the pitch then. So. It's a really, it's a really tricky one. Um, so anyway, purely on the basis of winding JK, JK up, the uh, good denizens of the fancast tonight have voted for Sowell, and that's why we love them. Uh, right, we've got some uh, questions from the uh, lovely Discord. And by the way, people in Discord, you're brilliant. It's so lovely that you do all these nominations after every match, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful. Just try and make sure that there, there are three bona fide Guinness and celery moments next week. That's all I ask. We have to have three for a vote it's very important that we get three nominations in each category anyway uh we got one from pierre also known as keep the blue flag flying high int north he says lucas Digne, uh looking very likely to move from everton following his fallout with rafa everton are close to signing his replacement according to fabrizio romano should we consider signing him or at least on a six-month loan while we nurse chilwell back to health uh dan yeah i think it'd be incredible signing. i think you know he knows the premier league he'll hit the ground running very good at going forwards, has some great stats at Everton. I think it makes absolute sense. I think he's, he's significantly better than Alonso. And if Chile is going to need surgery, which we'll probably find out in the next few weeks, no better than a ready-made replacement who knows the Premier League rather than some you know, unknown who doesn't know the Premier League. And there'll be no COVID issues either, which is also very important given where we are. Yeah, it's a pretty good, solid answer that. JK, would you agree? Well, Tommy T said in uh, one of the press conferences that he didn't want to... Um, undermine the morale of the camp by making any signings at all uh, because they were a very tight-knit team and he felt that somebody coming in might ruin the balance that had been created. This was in a press conference. And yet, who knows? You know, I mean, it might be that um, Roman decides he wants Eden back. So in which case, I think that might happen. Um, well, he can put that... him on his mantelpiece in Moscow then, can't Indeed, he? Indeed, he could, yeah, he could have him shrunk down and... Um, and uh, get the taxidermist at him and have a, have a life-size <laughs> life-size model of him in his sitting room. Um, but to know the real thing. Um, or, or just leave him like a well, kind with of... With a chain around his neck and a gimp mask on, maybe. Yeah, a tiger's, or even a tiger's <laughs> rug. Make a rug out of him. You know? toit, toit like a tiger. Toit like a tiger. It's a wolf. Yes, and, uh, indeed. So... Uh, um, who knows who to believe in this instance, whether it would be the case. I mean, I agree with you, Dan. I think it will be dependent on 
um, the, the degree of Chilwell's injury. They're, they're not sure what's going to happen. They would be foolish not to buy cover if Chilwell is out for the season. Yeah, I think they have to. They hand him forced yeah. if he's out for... If he does need uh, surgery, uh, which we'll find out in January... Unlikely. You know, just as likely as anybody else. I mean, he knows so many people, you know, they've, they've it's whether it's somebody who's played in the Premier League or whether it's somebody that Tommy's Tommy T's been manager to previously. Yeah. We, you know, it's in the lap of the gods. Like, who knows? Yeah. I like, I like Dean. He's always impressed me when he's played. He's, he's, he's good at going forward. He's good defensively. He's, 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 he's a really decent player. He came from PSG, I think, didn't he? Yeah. Well, in which case, I think he seems perfect if he played. If he, I don't think, he, his manager, I don't think they played together, but I, I think as is ultimately Obama Yang, you would have thought. I mean, I'll tell you what, <laughs> joking aside, he's a goal scorer, he's cheap enough. Hey, there was no joke. Well, I, said that. I, think, I wasn't joking, I meant that. No, I think Obama Yang, he knows where the goal is, he put him in a, in a good team, you yeah. know, he knows what he'll do. Yeah, it's an interesting he's, point. He's a, I hadn't thought of that. It's a good point. Um, Alex, I, yeah. I think the boys make a good point there. And I think what JK was saying about Tuchel, I, I think there is something to commend that, you know, not wanting to disrupt. I mean, you know, anybody who's been in management will know that you've got to be very careful about that. If you create a really good team ethic, a team bond, then you, you fuck without your peril. I mean, look at the Chelsea fan cast, the number of people who are always getting on at me saying, oh, can I come on your show? And I say, no, because you fuck with the team, man. No. You know, oh, you can't have that. You can't. Um, no, and I mean this—he is the probably the best in the league at man management. And if he's saying I'm not fucking with my chi, then he's not, and yeah. he shouldn't. Because yeah. I would argue instincts will be right. Also, I think Dinier himself would be a bit of an idiot to make that move <laughs> to fill in for Chilwell um, and then hope. Yeah, but 15 games for Chelsea, a chance of winning trophies versus sitting on the bench in Everton and living living in Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> But Alex makes a good point there because you know if, if you're serious about being a first team player for a decent club, then you're not you're just going to be a bench warmer, really. And I mean, this is the point. I mean, this is why it's so annoying that we we let players like Livramento go because although he's on the right, isn't he? So maybe that's a bit silly. But you know, we we that that's what you need your young players, your youth players for, so that they can be used in 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 circumstances like this because they won't be expecting to have made that breakthrough. And then when Chilwell gets fit then either they've advanced their cause for a decent loan or a sale, or they know that they've got a chance. Uh, Dan and then JK. Yeah, I just think this is all quite revisionist. Like Conor Gallagher, for example, had we kept him, he'd have been fourth choice behind yes. midfielders. We've got yes. any game time. Yeah, he's having a fantastic loan at Crystal Palace, really developing himself. So I think yeah, but I... I, I, of... I, I... Quickly finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we, should we have kept the use? It's quite revisionist because we, we, wouldn't have, we might not have had an injury crisis. And Livermore had a wasted season sitting on the bench playing five minutes in, in the yeah, Carabao Cup. I, I, what I'm saying, I mean, you know, Gallagher, I think, as you know, he he was already in that cycle of being loaned out. Gilmore, whilst it's really annoyed the fuck out of me, I mean, the argument with Gilmore is that you could have kept Gilmore and not had Saul, and that would have made more sense. But yeah. I still get it in a, in a, in a way because you, he was too good to be fourth choice, fifth choice. Uh, midfielder because you need him playing games I'm kind of talking about the level below that you know there are kids that are coming through they're just on the cusp you could have hurled them into it to see what they can do to see if they like Matson would Mats you know again Matson was you know it's a really difficult cut off Dan isn't it because yeah. you get to a certain age and you need them to be playing games so I agree with what you're saying in that context I'm kind of thinking of the strata below that it was still with yeah, the club. I guess it's kind of a question that the club have to ask is, is, is Matson, using your example, going to benefit from a season on loan? Is it commentaries at? 
a season. He's been on sent to Coventry, or, mate. Said, literally sent to Coventry, or just have a year as a bench warmer, playing the odd five minutes here. Then may, maybe if we got a very basic team, like you know, playing against Chesterfield in the FA Cup, I think career development is much more important now because you think you've got Chilwell, you've got an adequate replacement in Alonso, albeit he's not not the player he was. You've got Asby can also play that position. Suddenly you've got three players, and would <laughs> would Matson have got in ahead of those three? Maybe not. I yeah. think he's better for his career development. It's better that he's gone out on loan. That's a good point. But Jack. he probably would have had a few games, but because you can never predict an injury crisis. I mean, an example is is Nathan Ake, isn't it? Who was recalled from uh, where was he playing at Bournemouth? He was recalled Bournemouth, from yeah. Conte and hardly played at all because it, he wanted him as cover. So it, it uh, and ultimately he was he was they sold because he wanted to play regularly. Um, so. Uh, um, it's a bit of a toss-up, isn't it? You're not sure. I mean, had we known that we would have had this situation, they they probably would have, you know, they'd have kept Conor Gallagher. We'd never then have seen the, the revelation that he's a really top, top player. And it may be that playing for Palace has, has and playing with Vieira even, has possibly um, given him uh, a kind of confidence that he never would have got occasionally coming on for the Blues. So. I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, how did he end up at Leeds, which I think is his first choice, he, he'd been Bielsa'd and it's very regimented style of football but the fact he's had a you know under a great Vieira is one of the best midfielders in Premier League history yeah. he's obviously learned very well and he's, he's given Crystal Palace that kind of taken to the next level in terms of how they've been playing yeah. so I think it's been, it's, been a good, it's been a great loan for him much better than going to dirty leads yeah okay good good stuff people uh, last one is from Mr Stick the legend that is Mr Stick 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 stop it Okay, he says, this is a good question. Sticks asks us something that's fun, and I love him for that. He says, fun thought experiment after getting a Chelsea kit for Christmas. Could you rank uh, or do a top five of Chelsea kits, starting with you, JK, because you, yours go farthest back? What's your oh, yeah. favourite favorite well, five kits? I remember when they used to play in string vests. Yeah, back before the club was founded, of course. Were you there when they played in the Duke of? Uh, is it the Duke of Cambridge? Yes, yes. The light, the light blue. That, that was in nineteen oh five. Our first kit. Yes, and I was there when they played it uh, against Moscow Dynamo in red, which I found a little bit confusing. But I suppose Moscow Dynamo played in blue, so it made sort of sense. Um, uh, my favourite kits: um, Cox Sportif, uh, hoops. Loved that kit. They eighty three, eighty four. Well, it's yeah. 83 to 85, isn't it? Um, uh, Coors, uh, with the collar and the uh, the button, the two button that we, we won the 97 Cup final with. Yeah. Um, that one. And I actually like the um, the one with the white, the slightly strangely blue one with the with the white uh, undersleeves, um, uh, which was... The autoglass uh, one. The autoglass one. But also my my... Two favourites were, in particular, going even further back, were the um, the all blue with the white stripe and the white socks. It was very the pure one with with um, with nothing at all, no no, no colours in it. But there was a previous one to that that had, which was blue, blue and white, which um, I think was the very first one that Doherty brought in, which had uh, the little blue line yeah. in the collar, white collar. And uh, and the Do you know what actually I, I, line I, in as well. I, I, I mean, I, I, that was with CFC was just the badge that 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 rather um, uh, Rococo CFC. It was rather rather excellent. 
Yeah, I missed a trick there. I should have done this a minute ago. You can actually see them. You're talking about that one, JK, yeah? That's the that's the one I'm talking about. 64. Yeah. Is that five? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. 64. No, I think actually it's 60. It's 22nd of August, 64. It's the one with the CFC. Do you see that it one? There? That one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm with you. Okay, yeah. Alex, how about you? Shall I whiz down a bit? Get to your generation. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, my first shirt, the hideous uh, white one with thin red stripes and the lace, the Amiga one. That one? Top. Yeah. And the away kit. Oh, the away version. Oh, you want the away version? Okay. I can... That's fine. That'll I... do. No, uh, I can do the... away. I can do away. There you go. Right. Do you want away? Yeah. So, you mean... Oh, go up, 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 It's the... That one. That one. This one, yes, yeah, ninety two, ninety four. So red, uh, red and white stripes. Yeah, uh, I liked Homewise. I liked the one the season after the Champions League win with the gold number. And actually, do you know the most comfortable replica one to wear was the centenary one? Was that I think it was the last Umbro one, wasn't it? No, uh, the centenary one was the one with the gold because we won the Premier League. They had these kind of gold flashes on it. In fact, actually. It's you can't see it because it's behind my my bookcase, but it's there. There's a copy of that there, which is signed by that that scorn. But that one. Yes. so you yeah. like that one. Any others? I like a, I like a good yellow one. You like a see. good yellow one? Okay, yeah. Danny boy. Um, and nothing um, that Nike have ever produced. Nothing that Nike have ever produced. I think you're right there because look at all the Nike kits. They it's go. The the first Nike kit was decent. The very first Nike kit. That one. Yeah, that was decent because that was just pure blue. That yeah. was all right, but not my favourites. So, um, 83, 84. Yeah, the Cox Sportif. Yeah, like Jonathan. Um, I really liked um, 91, 93 as well. That was a really nice kit with the, um, again, Commodore, that one. Uh, yeah. That, that one, one or the other one? That yeah. one or that one? Uh, the 91, nine, that one, 91, 92. Yeah, yeah. With the, with the white collar. Yeah, that yeah. was nice. And I, um, Adidas kits fly Emirates because we won the league in that kit. That was, you know, not my favourite, but just from just winning the league, 2003-2005. That was a great kit. Amiga, 93-94 was a good kit as well. And I turned around and graphic. it. Yes. That horrendous kit. That's still, you know, I've still got the Francine kind of the back of mine, although it's Francine because it's all rubbed off. Yeah, you love that but one, don't you? I all love right. that one, yeah. Well, my it's I mean, my favourite, favourite, favourite shirt is still like like you and JK. It's the eighty three to eighty five, the Cox Sportif. Absolutely love that kit. But when I was growing up, when I was a nipper, my my I, I used to love this Umbro one in seventy seven with the little Umbro things down the side and the big big white collar because Ray Wilkins just always makes me think of Ray Wilkins. So I love that kit. Um, more recently, uh, I say more recently, but I'm lying, of course. I loved the uh, the Umbro kit from 80, well, it was 87 to 89, really, but it, with the kind of the crisscross spin bolt, I suppose. I don't know. How how would you describe that, JK? Um, uh, the, the diamonds. Diamonds, really. yeah. I've got one of those. I've got a replica of those. I've got, in fact, I've got a replica of all the three that I've mentioned so far, which is interesting. Uh, of the more modern kits, I, I I love that Samsung one, you know, with the gold bits on it. I have to say, I like that, uh, and I like I like the 2010-11 one with the little V-neck and the red bit. I know a lot of people hated it, but I quite like that. Uh, but, but what was the double winning one? I liked that one as well. 
What, in uh, 2009-10? Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't like that. It looked like you were wearing a bra. Not well, you not I, you personally, did, but, you know. I do wear yeah, the little zip, that. didn't it? little zip down the... Uh, that was nice, actually. It looks slightly Germanic. Looks that, that is the one I've got up on my wall there, funnily enough, I think. Or it, or it could be wrong. It might be the other Samsung one, but... Uh, I thought that was the Teutonic kit. Yeah. Um, of the away kits, because you've got a bung in an away kit or, or two. I'll try, try and actually click the right button. This mad Commodore one has always been a favourite with the kind of the, you know, blue thing going up there, which is all a bit, always a bit weird. I do love a yellow kit. I have to say, I like that black one. I've got a replica. I don't have many replica shirts, but I've yeah. got that black one. I like that. It's a very, yeah, there should yeah, be a very yeah. early yellow and yellow and blue i'll get uh, yeah. 65 chids. i'll yeah, get there well, in a minute i will i like this one too this kind of weird I did like that one the weird neon blue and navy yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah. in the double we that was the one that somebody gave us that had menang on the back which is why i've always loved that other other favorite i mean there are so many away kits that i love the brazil one in 78 uh the castrol gtx one in 74 75 i absolutely love to pieces and the one that JK is talking about is the one that was from 67 to 72, which was a very plain yellow shirt and blue shorts. Am I right, JK? Absolutely, yeah. Although another favourite one was one that was only ever worn yeah. once, which is the... Uh, Inter Milan one. The Inter Milan one, yeah. Which is against... In fact, it's the 64 to 67 with CFC is the one I like. Uh, that one. That yeah. one, right, okay. Th- this one, this, this, as you said, the Inter Milan kit, we wore it once in the FA Cup semi-final against Sheffield Wednesday, I believe, in 66. At Villa Park, I was there. That's right, always been an amateur of that. So there we go, Stick. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I love little things like that. So if people have got ideas for things like that, I'm always very happy to, to do them if we have time. And it so happens that we did tonight. Now, we've got some emails, JK. Only three, but they're all perfectly formed. Are they rippers? They are. Uh, oh, here we are, Richard Isles. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, Former Chelsea goalkeeper. Oh, that's Bob Isles, wasn't it? Yeah, Bob Isles. <laughs> this is no. This is this is Richard in Korea. Um, hello, Chidge JK, and whoever else is on the amazing show this week. Well, it's Alex and Dad. Uh, I watched through the Everton game after it finished. I had a strange feeling. I felt liberated. It made me think, why? I always want Chelsea to win and win handsomely every game. This was even the case throughout the 80s when I was a kid, when it was much less likely the case. However, after this game, I didn't feel my usual stress and anger that I feel at least for a while after every loss or disappointing result. I just feel maybe this isn't going to be our year in the Premier League. When we, won the, when we won the Champions League last season, everything seemed to align perfectly. Our good form alongside a lack of injuries or any unfortunate absences for any reason didn't seem to bother us at all. This season in the league, at least, we seem to have problem after problem. Although the boys keep working hard and the amazing Tommy T never complains, it can't be easy. We seem to just get problems all in the same position. Let's face it, if we'd had Lukaku, Havertz or even Werner against Everton, we probably would have won comfortably. So COVID, along with injuries and the huge number of games we have, has made me have a rethink. I plan to just relax and enjoy the ride. I don't know how you can do that, Richard. I can't do that. Does anyone else feel this way? I certainly don't. Tuchel is still a little off getting the team he wants. I'm sure we'll be even better next season. I agree with that. Keep up the amazing work. Happy Christmas. Keep the blue flag flying high. Richard in Korea. No, I wish I had his... um... Ability to switch off, Richard. I think that's 
that's something to be devoutly wished for. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I would love to watch a game and go, I don't care, no, it doesn't really matter what happens, but I can't do that ever. I'm still like the little kid who wants to win every game. Little kid who wanted more. Yes, that's me. (laughs) Dan, you're about to say something. Yeah, same as them. I mean, literally, I can't can't switch off. I mean, it's just impossible to not to have that emotional involvement, even if it's a a meaningless game. You know, just, it just, I just can't do it. You know, well, I a should... lot of my family wish I didn't have that yeah. ability, but it's just like, oh god, no, I, no. I should be, I should be prescribing you both Ritalin later on tonight, obviously, to deal <laughs> with your clear ADHD. Um, Alex, no such. I mean, Alex has already switched off tonight. I mean, she's sitting there <laughs> with a with a Great War Group sweatshirt on on her phone, twittering away. I don't know. No, I'm not twittering away because I've decided I hate the internet. Um, no, I just what would I do without all this anger? <laughs> What would I rant about? It, I'd be well, like that guy that I saw at Wembley, uh, the first game back, where he was literally going mental. Like every other word was the C-bomb. And I burst out laughing at him. And he went, it's not fucking funny! And I went, it is, because I'm just wondering what dog or cat or wife has been the brunt of this for the entire two years you've not been allowed to come to a football game. He was going, don't make fun of me! Rah! I was like, yeah, I, I want to be that guy. Yeah, I, the catharsis of football is, is not to be underestimated. I mean, Richard, I think it's a brilliant email. I'm very intrigued to know that you're in Korea. And see, now I want to know whether it's north or south. And if it's north, what are you doing up there? How do you even manage to listen to the fan cast? All these questions. He can't be up north because he's not allowed the internet then, is it? Well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely astonished. I presume it's probably uh, probably Seoul or somewhere like that. Uh, not not that soul, different soul. So, soul, uh, I'm getting. Pr- how how did you pronounce uh, soul? It's soul, soul, isn't it? Soul, yeah. Soul. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Richard, great email. What I would say, I I, I, t- I tell you one thing that I do understand about what you're saying, and that is, you're absolutely right. When it all boils down to it, football is very much about luck and serendipity and circumstances. And I think we too many of us forget that we think that that we're dealing with. Uh, controllable situations, controllable environments, that players are robots that we can control like we do on FIFA. And of course, the reality is it's full of so many variables that are outside of our control. And I think that you're right. As a consequence, luck and circumstance plays a huge part in football. I mean, for example, losing to West Ham with a spawny goal like the other week, you know, uh, and and you need to ride your luck if you're going to win a major competition. There's no doubt about that. So I think I think there does come a point when one has to relinquish one's grip on what one can and cannot control when it comes to football. And then, you, as you have clearly done, Richard, you reach Nirvana, and I wish you happiness and health in that because it sounds a very sensible thing to me. But uh, I'm kind of with Alex a little bit too. I love to use football, and in fact, I have used this show for the last 14 years as a vehicle for my huge anger issues, and it it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> it works so well for me, I became a psychotherapist. What can I say? Um, but there we go. Now, uh, next one is from our old mate, Jeff Jones. Uh, Jeff, we've got a lady on tonight, so I'll spare your blushes. But he does say, good evening, fine gentleman and lady. Uh, and forgive me for the stream of consciousness format of this email, but it's been a while since I've written in, and I just want to express some thoughts and ask a question or two. Uh, I've only listened to the first 15 minutes of the preview show, and Saul's inability to play Premier League football was brought up. I fully agree that he is not good enough. I was willing to give him time to adapt to the pace and physicality of the Premier League, but for fuck's sake, it's almost Christmas. He's not good enough, and I worry that the other players know that. 
Not sure if this was discussed by y'all, but as I watched the second half of the Everton match, I couldn't help but notice that every attack went down the right side of the pitch. That's understandable considering how good Reese is, but you'd think that switching the play would help break through the uh, you'd think that switching the play would help break through the bus that the waiter had parked. It never happened. Everything came down the right side. Is is it that Tuchel instructing the players to attack on the right, or is it the players themselves doing it, knowing that Saul isn't up to it? If it's the players not trusting Saul, then he shouldn't play for us again. Also, it's tough when all of your strikers are out for various reasons. My boss let me leave work early to watch the match at home and I told him there was no point because I knew there weren't three points to be won. <laughs> I like to think a lot of Chelsea supporters saw this result coming. It's classic Chelsea. Well, there is that, Jeff. I have to say. Now, those are my thoughts about the Everton match. My question is this. What do you all think about the pandemic and the sudden outbreak of cases and the postponement of matches and the possible postponement of league play? I understand this is a sensitive topic, at least it is over here in the States. COVID will at some point be moved from pandemic to endemic status. The toothpaste is out of the tube at this point. Do you think there'll be a point at which daily COVID tests for club personnel are stopped? Will it end up being like the flu or any other bug one might have where it's up to the player, medical staff and the manager whether to play or not? Again, I know it's a sensitive topic and I understand if you all don't want to read this part of the email or get it on air. Oops, bit late for that, Jeff. <laughs> I, <just have. laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't want to oh, hear it's it. It's too late now. It's too okay. late now. Anyway, uh, there we go. That's Jeff Jones from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, actually, that's kind of a point that we didn't really cover. I mean, what I would say at the moment, I think it's a real pickle, Jeff, over here because... You know, like all of us. Well, no, I mean, JK's a little bit different from us. I know he's a bit more vulnerable to these kind of things than we all are. But um, we're all we're all triple jabbed. So in a sense, there's an element of safety. And there's a lot of people going, well, what are you all fucking panicking about? You'll all be all right. But the reality is that's not entirely true. Because number one, there are plenty of people around who, if they do get it, even if they have been triple jabbed, it's going to be rather serious. Uh, my wife fits into that category. And I have elderly parents too, so I wouldn't want to give it to them. So even though I think I'm going to be OK, I might give it to people who aren't. But the main issue politically, why I think it's really going on. I mean, you could you could be cynical and you could say, yeah, it's all about control. It's all about stirring up fear. It's all about deflecting from their other, you know, criminal uh, undertakings. But uh, the other reason really is that if you get a lot of people who get this and don't get it and get it quite badly, they end up in hospital and you swamp our massively underfunded and starved NHS, which is a massive issue politically and practically because you know there are i mean i know you can have a counter argument too saying oh well if you you know you do all this then you can't get your hip replaced and you can't get that or the other and that's also true mate the problem is it's a buggers model as you're probably understanding from me flip-flopping around like anything here but the reality is we are where we are uh and i'm afraid you know one has to just uh you know go along with what people are saying and doing and i think an amount of personal responsibility comes into it as well I think I think we'll leave that there, shall we, J.K., before I dig myself in any bigger holes? No, I think you've, I mean, you've, you've, you've just skimmed the surface with your trowel, actually. Uh, Alex and then Dan. I mean, if you want to fund with Patreon a rhino tranquilizer, I'm happy to go around shooting all the selfish bastards who haven't been vaccinated in the arse with AstraZeneca or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. enough now. Had enough now. Fuck COVID. Dan. Yeah. There isn't an answer. If there was an answer, you'd be prime minister. Well, many say, many, many say that I would do a better job than the current orangutan who is in there already. But that's not for oh, me. You just to have say. to just find uh, Rob Haynes' thoughts on Boris if you want a custard good tits. Uh, can I say it? Yeah. My favourite one: the eating Jimmy Savile. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Is that what Rob called him? 
Early one, yeah, the eating Jimmy Savile. Oh, and I like Rob's description of him as custard tits. That's, that's yeah. I've, I've always enjoyed that one. There we go. Now, we've got another email from our, 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 our kind of frequent emailer, um, normally whacking us over the head, or Tony in particular, but this is a brilliant email from my friend Philip Kenley, who, who writes beautifully, and I like this one, JK, and it's all yours. Hi, all. <clears throat> or is that hi, Al? Hi, Al. Having just, hi, Al. Having just listened to the Wolves preview show, I wanted to write and ask everyone to calm down a bit. <laughs> so we should calm our custard tits. Uh, I know Thursday was just too painful to go through all that, see us scom chance after chance scorn scorn i'm sorry yes rn looks like m scorn beautiful chance after chance then score what in most weeks gone by pre-mid-november anyway but what would undoubtedly be the winner then to concede again so shortly after is enough to drive anyone crazy but please fellas and lady if alex is on the show she is she is philip take a deep breath she's saying hello, hello. extra marks for philip for you know, yes, considering. Yeah. Take a deep breath and consider. Okay. Okay, first, I confess, like every other supporter, I always look at the best we've been and then expect that to be the benchmark. We had a great run from a great start. Everything was going our way. Our rivals were dropping points. Chile and James were destroying teams from the flanks. Goals were plentiful. And Lukaku's success would be a given. What's more, whenever we watched a talk sport clip on YouTube or read an athletic article, we did not stop hearing from every pundit going how bloody wonderful we were and how deep our squad was. Intoxicating stuff. But we knew there were problems too. We just chose to think they would be fixed, even though the history of the past two years should have made us cautious. All of us know deep down we should have moved Werner on over the summer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I knew you'd like that bit. <laughs> Whilst he was still worth a boatload, we know deep down that Zayek being so one-footed is never going to live up to the high expectations we had of him. We know that when City are at their best, they're better than us. We know Salah is a problem. We know Kante's a little broken. We know Tuchel still needs a couple of years to get this team to their pinnacle. We know that CHO and Kai Havertz have just not become the players we dreamed of. We know that Pulisic is way off his best. We have to stop believing that Tommy T can just wave a magic wand and everything will be fixed. We have to remember just how far behind City and Liverpool we were. We have to consider that if we finish third by five to ten points behind what might be in, in City and Liverpool, two of the best teams we've ever seen, there's no shame in that. We must stop talking about a scenario like that with a lens that this would be a disaster. We need to remember that we are champions of Europe. We need to remember that we have the most productive gravy train of young players on planet Earth right now. We need to remember we have one of the very best managers anywhere and that he needs our support right now. We must stop being so damn depressed that our injury-ravaged team is just a fraction of the pace right now. Just remember, this team is wonderful and we could barely have had a better run these last 15 years. Who could have ever imagined such a thing? Please, everyone, let's keep calm and have a wonderful new year. The trouble is, you see, the trouble is, the trouble is, Philip, we have tasted forbidden fruit. It's no good saying that the last 15 years we've... We should savour that and relish that and live in that. It is that that causes us 
to want to win every game and to win everything. And the fact that we won the Champions League makes us think, actually, he is an alchemist. He can make all these slightly nondescript players into world beaters. And the fact that he's not doing it at the moment not makes us depressed, but makes us critical, particularly when you've seen lots of these players perform at a better level. So, but I agree with a lot of the things you've said, which is that um, Kante is a little broken, possibly, but he, he, uh, we, we, uh, um, um, I don't quite get why we're referring to Salah. Um, Zayek is one footed, but we've seen him play absolutely brilliantly, specifically for Ajax, but uh, nonetheless. And, um, uh, but I agree with you completely about Werner. But CHO and Kai, I think Kai is improving and uh, um, and is beginning to show glimpses of what we we believe he will become. I just think that it's the consistency with the doy because he's he will sometimes take people on and look great and then sometimes just be slightly out of his depth again. And uh, and indeed Pulisic is peculiar, which we've been talking about. So um, yes and no, I agree with bits, but I think that is the problem is because we were champions of Europe, we like to think that this manager being so brilliant as he is, will sculpt us into something that will allow us to win it, win the Premier League this year. And this is why we're critical. Dan. I think, I think Tommy T clearly overachieved the Champions League win. He got a, a squad superbly organised, played well beyond the, some of our parts to win it. I think he's a brilliant manager. Everything about him, the way he handles himself, the way he talks, the way he's brought into Chelsea culture, I think is absolutely fantastic. He's 55 games into his tenure. First full season, we're doing fantastically well, albeit we've had a blip. It happens. Clubs have blips. We're not living in the FIFA world where you can win 29 games in a row, 16-0. We are where we are. We've had a lot of injuries. I think he's fantastic. I think if he doesn't win it this season, next season, I think we're nailed on. I think I have another year with these players. We're not far away. You know, City have had Guardiola for what, five, six years? Klopp took how many years to win the league? Bit of time, bit of patience, few bumps in the road. If the club changed their whole policy about hire and fire them, give them a bit of time, let them develop this team, I think we're going to be kicking on. I think we're going to be dominating the Premier League. Mm. Alex? Agree on all counts. Down with the nappy shitters. Down with the nappy shitters. Down yeah. with the nappies, I say. No, that sounds very wrong. Down with the nappy shitters. There you go. It's a bit more PC. Um, Philip, I, I have to say I'm a bit more agreeable to what you you, you said than the others seem to be. Um, in fact, actually, and I'm not I'm not taking issue with you here at all because I know you would have heard it, but I actually said on the last show, it was either on Friday or last week, but I, I did make that very point that, you know, it, we might not like it because our expectations are so so very high. But actually, we did finish 25 points behind City last year and, and 15 behind Liverpool. So, you know, just closing that gap into single figures would be, I think, quite an achievement because to win it being that far behind last season and really not changing the team very much would be astonishing. So, And I think the, but, but what, what I do agree with all of them on, uh, particularly JK and uh, Dan, is that winning the Champions League last year absolutely queered the pitch. Because then you, we all go around saying all oh, year, don't we? We're champions of Europe. We know what we are. Because it is special and it makes you think, well, you're the best team in Europe. Because technically you are, because you win the European Cup. But the reality is the European Cup is a cup competition. Winning the Premier League is a much, 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 much tougher proposition. 
And that's what we're finding this year. It's a real marathon. Whereas, uh, you know, you only have to win so many games to win the European Cup. And we did it very well because I think on their day, Chelsea, you know, given a fit squad, on their day we can beat anybody in the world. And we've got a manager who can put in the structure to make that happen. Dan? Yeah, just on just on the, just on the caveat of winning the Champions League, it's great fun seeing Arsenal fans say, I'm not fucking going to the game because I don't want to hear them seeing Champions League Europe. We know we're off in 90 minutes. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I remember that. But I mean, yeah. no, I, I'm, I'm with you, Phil. I think, I think you know, that's the trouble. That's football. You know, we like to dream. We like to have high expectations. But I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm keeping quick. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sanguine about it. As I said a minute ago on the show, I, I you know, there's a lot of luck and circumstances that, that play a big part of football and you know, maybe this year won't be it because of everything that we've had to put up with, the number of games, the number of injuries, which has been quite unusual for us. And of course, now the flaming COVID that's ruining it too. But there you go. Alex? Just saying, trying to, you're saying how difficult it is and there's a plague as well. Well, yeah, no, I said exactly that. I think that every, apart from everything else that we're enduring, that the whole COVID thing doesn't help either. Right, we're going to have a quick break and then uh, we're going to wrap this all up with a quick look ahead to the Caribou Cup quarterfinal against Brentford on Wednesday night. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is uh, Stanford Chidge and uh, the Chelsea Fancast. And I've got the uh, lovely Jonathan Kidd with me. Hey! Yes, uh, the Dan, the, the Dan Silver. The Dan, as opposed the Dan. to the Don. The Dan. The, Ch- the Chelsea Chiellini at your service. The Chelsea Chiellini. And we've got the the brains of an otherwise no-brain outfit, as well as the beauty. We have Alex Churchill. Boom. Boom to you too. Happy Christmas, I Alex. Don't deserve, don't deserve that intro today. I realise I've just been a misery. I saw a photograph of you, and I don't mean this to sound in any way pervy at all, because I know, of course, by saying that, it means it's going to sound exactly like that. But I did see a photograph of you on Twitter or Facebook the other day, and you were out for, a, out for an evening with some of your great war chums, and I thought you looked absolutely gorgeous. You looked beautiful. Uh, Kate, the makeup on you. Yeah. Look lovely. No, seriously, you yeah, look you, lovely. You always look great, Alex. Yeah. Are we, are we allowed to say this anymore? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to ask Alex. Are we allowed to say things like that anymore? Yeah, because I'm not a woke idiot who's okay. going to go. Oh, me too. Thank you for the compliment. It's Thank you. No, there you go. We're allowed to, J.K. Don't, don't feel no, violated. We love you, Alex. You're there great. You yeah. So there we go. We've uh, cleared that one up. I'm sure people around the world are absolutely delighted to know that. Now, um, okay, Brentford. Wednesday, even though, I mean, another example of me being shoddy. I tell you, I have one day off and it all goes to shit. Apparently, we are talk about the Chelsea-Everton preview. Wrong. That was last week. Uh, we are, in fact, going to talk about the Brentford versus Chelsea. John, John, Jonathan's looking confused. He thinks he's wandered into deja vu. Um, anyway, what I can tell you, JK, is I did actually bother putting the right team selection up for the game. And... I, I, I don't really know where I'm at with this. I'm just kind of taking account of all the injuries, all the COVIDs, presuming that nobody else will get it, and thinking that Tuchel will just say bollocks to the Caribou Cup. I'll just do the best I can. So in that case, I'm going with this. Kepa, Saar. Uh, weirdly, I think he'll start silver. <laughs> weirdly, I think he will. But, I mean, I completely understand if he wants to give the poor bloke a rest. Aspilicueta. So Saar, silver, Aspilicueta. Kepa in goal. James, we have no other option. 
Saul and Kovacic, I think. But I wouldn't be... Oh, no, I've already picked him somewhere else. But anyway, Saul and Kovacic. Alonso, because there's no other choice. I mean, you've got nobody else but James and Alonso, the poor bastards. Uh, Mount, Pulisic and Barkley. So, in other words, Barkley and Mount as a two behind Pulisic. The end. I rest my case, my lord. It's a great guess, you know, but I reckon he might play a couple of the youth if he can get yeah. close to them. I'd have to say that, just, just a quick caveat on that. I wrote that without realising that what I thought, well, Adam said to me on Friday, said to us both on Friday, that the youth were bubbled away from the rest of the first team squad. So I wrote well, that. I, I could be wrong, couldn't I? That that thing that I read. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it might be there are no youth involved. Well, perhaps he puts them all on the bench and you're absolutely right. Um, but what alternatives are there? Um, he won't play Kante again. He won't play Eugenio. Uh, I'm not even convinced he'll play Kovacic, actually. He won't play Kovacic. I think he'll play Barkley. Yeah. yeah. Um, in Saul. I don't think he'll even play Rhys James. Team. I think we'll see a couple of like the you know youth youth team fullbacks, maybe. Alonso. We can't play Alonso because we've got their left backs. So Alonso's probably not going to start. You might find Aspi. I mean, what would be a great change of formation for this game, maybe? Aspi at fullback. Um I mean, obviously, I just, it's impossible to say you've got 15, 16 players to pick from. I think, I think you know, if, if if you kind of put it like I did, Dan, that assuming that there are no additions to the squad from the youth, then it's really a question of, you know, who has he got left? That's why I picked yeah. it on that basis. I'd also be interesting if, if if the Premier League had done the cancellations, we weren't playing again until New Year, that would totally change the dynamic because you could have had like, you know, seven days rest before yeah. we played Villa and Brighton. So... I, th- I think there'll be a mix of youth and experience. Brentford, given they've got 13 players out, I don't... Interestingly, though, Callum Hudson-Odoi has just put on Twitter, see you soon. So I wonder if his 10 days are over and he might be in the squad. But then he I won't... Don't, I don't know where the 10 days started because they could have had a test two or three days before it's publicly announced, in which case you might see one or two players back in the team. Well, yeah, but then again, that'll depend on on how fit they are. I mean, you know, Tuka was worried about Kovacic not have ha- having had very few training sessions and having had COVID. I mean, you got to remember this. We don't know how badly any of these boys got yeah. it and how much it's taken out of them. But conversely, well, we might be vaccinated and who isn't. So the vaccinated ones that have got it after two vaccinations, this new thing might have had it mildly. But if they haven't been vaccinated, then they might have been completely. Because well, Callum's had it twice now. Because Callum was the first one to get it, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, so well, I wonder if also these players have probably been training at home as well. So if they've been away, they've probably been doing training at home unless they've been too unwell to do so. So we we just don't know because there's no there's no kind of like one hundred percent public knowledge about who 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 has it, how badly people have it. Well, I've got a, I've got some breaking news from a trusted source here, the lovely Daryl Middleditch, who does tend to be very abreast of what's going on. He says that six youths trained with the first team today. Now, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, now whether they yeah. trained because they needed bodies for training, or whether they've been training with a view to being getting a game, is a moot point, which we will find out on Wednesday, I suspect. That gives a lie you know, to Adam. Be an emergency measure. Sorry, sorry. So Dan. I was just, yeah, I was just saying that it might just be an emergency measure because there's nothing to say we won't have another six cases of COVID and you, he'll have want to have been in the ear of the kids he'll have to use if we've got no bloody players. So, I mean, he may not be wanting to play them. It might be a contingency. Yeah. Well, saying it, it gives the lie, therefore, to Adam's statement that they don't mix. Doesn't or at that point, mix. at that point, they didn't mix. And I still think the youth have gone on think it's Christmas because they're break. on holiday that they've mixed now. I'm yeah. pretty sure the youth have gone on Christmas break because their last game was Man U-Chelsea before 
Right. Which they cancelled. So they could have just been brought into the first team bubble now. Because there's no bubble to go back to, yeah. And yeah. was it someone here that said that Brentford want the game to go ahead? I'm yeah, sure. I, I, well, I, I spoke... Yeah, yeah, you yeah. said it, yeah, Billy, yeah. Yeah, Billy yeah. the Bee, I spoke to Billy the Bee today and he said, what do you think is going to happen? And I said, I've got no idea. And he said, well, I spoke to our chairman and they're they're mad, dead mad keen to have it going on. So even though Thomas Frank was very frank, ha <laughs> Uh, saying that he felt that there should be a circuit break for two weeks. You know, he was one of the first to say that, wasn't he? So maybe he needs to talk to his chairman. But, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I, as I said, I, 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 if if they've had 13 out with COVID, I'd be amazed if they've got a team to put out unless they flood it with youth and the youth were not like what we thought, but in a separate bubble. So, you know, Brentford can clearly field a team, but it might be full of kiddos, no pun intended, JK. Um, it's very difficult to know what's going to happen. I mean, it's. I mean, my own feeling, and I mean, something we haven't really talked about. I mean, what happens if let's let's assume that all Chelsea seven COVID victims are not available for selection on Wednesday? What happens if another couple go down with COVID between now and then? Surely the game goes off, doesn't yeah. it? Drops, drops below fourteen, I think. Then the game, then they call it off. I think that's the, the threshold. Eleven outfielders and three three outfields on the bench plus a goalkeeper so if we drop below 14 outfield players then I think that's the criteria for the game to be called off yeah yeah it's crazy but my it? Brent my Brentford mate is ringing now I'll just get a, an idea from him yeah well it's very odd I mean I, de- odd. Is, is this live no he's muted himself we're doing our podcast at the moment and you just came oh, on that debate so I'm finding out finding out I'm finding out uh, Chidge but uh, bloody good question says Greville and Greville knows everything so uh, he has no he has no clue either. Nobody does. Billy the Bee has no clue at the moment. He thinks it might go ahead though. This is staff with COVID on Thursday, I think. Um, but I I don't know whether it's got any better. I think it has got better. I think there's pressure to play it. Pressure to play it. So the 13 are no longer 13 out. They're less out. Well, we don't know. But yeah, but we don't know how many of the 13 were players, you see. Ah, oh, right. They weren't, may not necessarily have been players. It may just been the staff. I get you. Yeah, but, but there sure. again, you need, you need the staff to, to help the players play. Of course, of course. Um, so basically, I know we've got a few players. We've probably got a goalkeeper back now because we didn't have a goalkeeper. Um, right. For last, last Tuesday and last Saturday because our goalkeeper had COVID. Um, he should be back on Wednesday, um, assuming he hasn't had side effects or ill effects. Sure. Um, JK, is that also his Raya? Is that Raya? Um, is that the goalkeeper? Fernandez. Um, this is Fernandez. Fernandez. Oh, Fernandez. Okay, right, yeah. Um, am I on the air or should I, should I be nice? You're on the air. But you can be. <laughs> you can be both. Yeah, we, we were playing an 18-year-old kid against Man United and Southampton had the game to go ahead because we weren't allowed to give permission to bring in um, a lone player or a free agent because our 25 had been filled. So that's... Just, I, I just don't know. I have a feeling they want to play, funnily enough. Um, but, I, frankly, it takes two to tango and if Chelsea can convince the... It's the EFL this time. It's not the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah. Um, then the game will be off because I, I suspect you have no interest or capacity to play. Is that a fair comment? 
Um, no, I, I think there is a, uh, he's been training with the, getting some of the youth in. Um, uh, it depends if there have been any more cases. I think if you could say the same players that were available for the league game could play um, yes. uh, this week. So, um, Well, apart, uh, apart from the fact that Ziyech and Chaloba went off injured. Yeah, apart from the injuries. Yeah, yeah. And haven't you got, haven't you got Jorginho coming back? Is Jorginho? Well, fit? It, it depends because he had a he had a negative, then a positive, and then a negative uh, COVID test. So we don't know what. Okay. Well, we don't know. That's the that's the point. And also, he's carrying a back injury. Yeah. 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 Carrying. I'll, I'll, I'll ring you back in a minute. I'll ring you back in a minute. We're about to finish. I'll ring you back in a minute. Okay. Bye 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 bye. So that who was, was that? Greville Waterman, who is. Um, uh, a biographer. He's a, a, a bees biographer and a well-known character um, for the club. And if Billy the Bee can't make the the, uh, the next preview, he's the man you should speak to because he um, he's very well informed. Greville. Yeah. Greville. Yeah. Okay. I'll still ask Billy the Bee though. Of course you will, because it'll be he'll be more because it'll annoy you. Yeah, no, 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 not only that. No, no, he'll be more he'll be more colourful. He's a more colourful character. He'll no, be, no, but I, he'll I, be out he'll be out drinking somewhere in a club. <laughs> I, but I know Billy, Billy, Billy. I mean, actually, Billy's. Uh, I've got to do this after the show. Actually, I was going to ask you maybe to read the questions for me so I can record it. Would you be, Would you be up for that? Yes. You don't have to go to bed or anything because it, it takes about five minutes. But he's. No, I'm, I'm not going to bed at nine. Okay. Well, he, he's asked me loads of questions, and it's easier if you ask them to me than than I sit there going. Oh, duh, duh, duh. anyway. So, I'm not a taste like I'm not that fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. I mean, the question, you know, should should it be going on 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 Wednesday? I mean, do do you think we should be playing it, given the parlour state that we're in at the moment? Who, who wants that one? Well, you. I've said it all night. No. No. Premier League is responsible to continue to make players turn up for work when it's rampant within the ranks. It's not just the footballers, it's their families and their friends yeah. and so on and so forth. What they could have the fans. Yeah, not well. forget the fans getting to games. Also, I think with this bloody stupid Euro League, what it's called in June, that should be, if anything's going to be cancelled, that should be cancelled. So the whatever it's called, the Euro Leagues, the Nation Leagues, that should be cancelled because we've got a World Cup in November, December. Fuck off the Nations League, and if we have to extend the season until end beginning of June, middle of June, fuck the Nations League. You don't need it. It's just a glorified bunch of friendlies. Alex, our lot breed like rabbits, right? Our squad breeds like rabbits. Um, pregnant women are extra vulnerable. And yet, oh, see you later, darling. Where are you going? Oh, I'm off to work. I'm just off to go and play with the plague. I'll be back later. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Alex does have a point, and I and I go back to to what what Tuchel, uh was saying earlier about it. Um, if I can bloody find it, which of course, as always, I can't, but I'm going to keep trying because I'm a stubborn son of a bitch. Um, there we go. Right here we go. I gave my opinion, and you can do with it what you want. I can't compare to other games. It's just our situation. It's not safe. We talk about protecting players and a safe environment, but it's not safe. I would not be surprised if the next test shows up and we have more positives. How should it stop if we sit in the bus and have dinners and just stay together like nothing happened? I don't care so much about the next games. I just care about the next test and the health of the players. 
Today we let Kovacic play 30 minutes one day after 10 days of COVID. We make him play. Who takes responsibility for that? We have Kante, one training session, Chaloba with two training sessions and maybe another injury. It's like this. We need to keep on going if they say we need to keep going. Alex. It's not even just the players, though. It's it's the staff. How many people that work at Cobham that have to go in to work in the cafeteria or clean the place or whatever they have to do at Cobham that's not playing have then a vulnerable person in their household that are being exposed to COVID because they're having to go to work. It's nonsense. Cobham has COVID. It's everywhere. Four days in a row that we know of. It may be more. It may They may have had more today positive tests and yet everybody's still going to work because the footballing authorities are telling them they have to. Yeah, a good point, Alex. I mean, look, on the basis that it is going to go ahead, it's, I mean, having said what we've been saying most of this evening, it's, I, I, I would imagine it's almost impossible to really predict anything about this match because we don't know what side will be fielding, although we can guarantee that if it's along the lines as it was against Wolves, it might be pretty, you know, decent enough to beat Brentford but if it's got a load of youngsters in there who knows we don't know what side Brentford are going to put out whether they have in fact got a team or if they're going to be basically putting a youth team out it's almost impossible to call it JK and therefore I'm not going to try but it also makes a lottery of the competition doesn't it it makes uh, 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 if if teams aren't allowed to choose their well they they do choose their strongest sides but their strongest sides have been decimated i mean in the original sense that you know a tenth of them is missing um well more than that it's it's double decimated it's triple decimated it's quadruple decimated if if you're you've got a a group of players who are um um lessening your your competitive spirit because of the something else an outside agent has forced you to select um an, 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 uh, an inadequate side or a side you wouldn't normally select, surely um, it should be cancelled. Surely it should be postponed. It doesn't seem to make any sense to me. If you're having to undergo this this um, uh, handicap, it just makes it a, a lottery, as you say, Chich, completely. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it. I mean, apart from everything else, which are the health and safety reasons, it, it, it just, it. it it destroys the integrity of the entire competition. It belittles the competition, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could say the same with the Premier League for a myriad of reasons there. You know, but uh, in the cup, in a cup competition, I mean, you know, I remember in the old days if you chucked a load of, you know, let's say let's say in the league you decided to field, you know, a team full of nine yeah. youth players, you'd get fined, and you'd be fined because you were basically sticking two fingers up to the integrity of the competition. So talk about double standards. I fucking hate the Premier League. What a bunch of wankers. Uh, it's stakeholders, Chidge. You've got to appeal to the stakeholders. I know where I'd like to stick their fucking stake, mate. Up their fucking jacksy. I, I will hold it and stake them with it. Yeah, anyway. On that really positive... There's no... Dan? Dan? I'll just say that um, our good friend, Eddie McCready, has just alerted us to a tweet that... Teddy Sharmanlo, Josh Brooking, Xavier Mumbaya, Alfie Gilchrist, Dion Rankin, Xavier Simmons, Lewis Baker, Lewis Hall, Joe Haig, Harvey Vell, Brian Fiabima, and Joe Wareham from the youth all training the first team today. Is that his team selection? Because Mark's been getting them right for the last few weeks. Yeah, well, Brian Fiabima is meant to be a really good striker. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll see a few of these boys in the uh, be great. team. Good um, luck. M- 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 Sorry? 
I said good luck to them. May they get something positive out of yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, not, not, and not COVID. Not COVID. Yeah. yeah. Is it is and it on Maya, telly? Maya Biyam, I'm not sure, but Maya no. Biyamba's apparently the next version of Van Dyke from got from Barcelona. He's meant to be a really great centre half. Broke his ankle, didn't he, when he when he got it? Yeah, quite early doors, yeah. 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 Well, we we will see. Uh, I'm I'm not even going to ask you to predict a scoreline because I don't. I think we have no idea that either the match is going to be played or what the team is going to be. It's entirely pointless, isn't it? I mean, if you want to predict a score, you go ahead. But I don't think there's any point. But Alex and they then Dan, what they don't care about the integrity of the competition, do they? They don't give a shit. So I don't give a shit what the score is going to be. Okay, fair have that. Have that exactly, Dan. Go to predict a Chelsea win semi-finals. <laughs> okay, fair enough, Dan. Jk. Um, uh, three, three, and then it'll go to penalties. You're actually going to. I'm not. I'm. I, I, the only thing I can predict is that I'm no longer going, which is very annoying. But there we go. Can I have your ticket? I know you're going with your mate, aren't you? That's okay. I was, no, no. was going to be in the away end. No, sorry, I was going to be in the home end. Get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I did have a ticket, but was let down because somebody else got let down. Yeah, I've I've already offered it up anyway. So, and it's kind of not really within my gift. But no, no, I have, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just think no. I'm I'm happy to have a punt. You know, I'm always completely wrong, as we know from the from the Premier prediction. So I'll say three three going to penalties, and uh, and we'll win it. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain in protest, like Alex. So there you I go. Just refuse. I refuse change. I don't blame you, my love. Anyway, uh, let's hope something happens. Uh, and if, if they do play uh, on Wednesday, I shall be watching it on some dodgy stream, no doubt, uh, as, as I would imagine many of you are having to as well. And I am, I'm very gutted about not being able to go. And the reasons I can't go is because I'm going to go and see my very elderly in their 80s parents on Friday. And I don't want to kill them, clearly. And uh, also my wife is, is vulnerable. So uh, I don't really want to bring it home and give it to her. I'm not worried about me. I'm sure I'd be fine. But... Uh, I don't really want to hurt the people I love. So I'm taking one for the team by not going. And I'm gutted because I haven't got to see Phil for ages and I really want to see him and all his mates. But there you go. So that, what is it that Carlo Ancelotti said? Football is the least important of the most important things. It's important, yeah. Yeah, so you're a very wise man, Carlo. Anyway, that, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for this week. Uh, now, me and Jake... Now, here we go. Interesting, because we're, we're now... We're into our own Christmas bloody fixture list shambles now. But... All being well, me and JK and Tony Glover will be back with you all on Thursday evening because I none of us want to do a show on Christmas Eve. So my little jibe to the London uh, is blue people about them slacking because they weren't doing a Christmas Eve show it was purely a sham. Purely a sham because me too, <laughs> I too, refuse to do a show on Christmas Eve. The hypocrisy in this place is rife. Uh, but anyway, yeah, me, JK and, JK and Tony will be back on Thursday evening to look back on the uh, the... Uh, the Brentford game, and hopefully look ahead to the Villa game, which is I think, which, which is I think on uh, when the fuck is it? I don't even know now. Uh, Boxing Day, isn't it? Or is it the twenty seventh? Anyway, whatever. Whenever it is, it's the Villa game. Boxing Day, I thought. Yeah, Villa Villa game. So maybe it's on the Sunday. Yeah, maybe it's it's uh, the twenty sixth. So yeah, we'll be talking about that. Hopefully, we'll get Justin Hawthorne on, who was the Villa fan we had on last time. I need to message him and find out because that'll be a bit of a preview show. Then on Monday. Uh, me, JK and Mark Meehan will be back with you, the aforementioned Eddie McCready's Blue and White Army to look back at the Villa game and ahead to the Brighton game which is on the 29th uh, so there we go and then, then after that we'll be back on the Thursday again on the 30th, that'll be me JK, Dane and Adam 
to look back at the Brighton game and look ahead to the Liverpool game. With me so far, bloody Christmas. It does my head in, but there we go. So we've got a lot of shows coming up, a lot of good people on as well. So don't miss out. Look at, uh, Keep on the lookout for those. Uh, also, by the way, uh, I published another episode of Went to Mo King's Meadow tonight, which is Dane and Dean's last show of the year. They've done a bit of a reflection on 2021, which was an incredibly successful year for the women's team. So do not forget to check that out in the usual places you check out your podcast. So for us, that means ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, and other good podcast distributors. Um, A very big shout out to our lovely people who donate something every month to us on Patreon. We love you from the heart of our bosom or from the bosom of our heart. I can never remember which way it goes, but I love you. That's all you need to know. Um, If you do join up, uh, you don't get a lot apart from uh, helping us out, but you will get a mini Kerry Dixon banner and you get to join our Discord group, which is great fun. Apart from when Paul Crowder, the lovely Crowderville, goes in there and pisses everybody off by being very angry which made me hoot with laughter yesterday sorry mr stick i did find it quite funny uh but there you go that's because i've got a bit of a warped sense of humor but it's great fun in there lots of really good people keep your company on a match day if i'm not at the match then i'll be in there talking to all of you lot too so there you go so patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast is the place to go you know you could donate as little or as much as you want there's there's no tears or anything like that we're just grateful for anything that you can do uh get your emails into chelseafancast at gmail.com alternatively stick them on any of our socials at chelseafancast and we'll try and include them in that as well so you can follow the twitter uh, the twitter handle or actually any social media for us is at chelseafancast i'm at stanford chidge jonathan is at jonathan kid alex is at cfc Hang on, how do I get this right? CFC GWLB. Yes? Yep. Or yep. Churchill underscore Alex. Or Church, Churchill. As well. Churchill underscore Alex for the history stuff, which he is rather wonderful at. Uh, and last but by no means least, the uh, indefatigable, wonderful, a great drinking buddy of mine that I have not been able to have too much drinking with thanks to fucking COVID this year, yeah. which has pissed me off. Uh, but the lovely Dan Silves at Dan Silves seventy seventy three seventy three. There you AKA go. AKA the Chelsea Chiellini. AKA the Chelsea Chiellini. Absolutely right. So there we go. You've all been bloody marvellous tonight. A difficult evening, I think, but you've been bloody marvellous. Well done, Dan. Great to see you as always, mate. Alex, good uh, here. yeah, good stuff, mate. Alex, lovely to see you too. Love you. Can I do a shout out? Yeah, go go for it. Wolfman, where's my bath and bodywork stuff? I'm waiting. Okay. I have no idea what that means, but it yeah, sounds Brian, rather... Yeah, Brian, fucking sort it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, Wolfman, that Brian, okay. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Ooh. The life of Brian, there we go. Yeah. I, actually, I owe him a message too, so there you go. Well, Brian. Uh, Brian, exactly. Now, yeah. last but... but well, actually, we should have called him Brian Wolf. Yeah. In, in keeping yeah, with... Yeah, we should have. Uh... Yeah, because we, we always call him the Wolves, the Wolves. Anyway. I call him Budget Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. <laughs> We used to call Robert, I, I worked with Robert Downey Jr. a while ago, and I have to say that me and the uh, other uh, crew used to call him another name, uh, which is really very un-PC and very class- classic of film people, but it was Robert Downey, and the next word began with S. I'll leave you the leave that to your imagination. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, but not to... I was hoping you were going to say you called him Budget Brian Wolf. No, but uh, that's... Big... Downey Senior. That's right, because he thinks that's right. Well done, JK. Well rescued. <laughs> 
Uh, there we go. Now, last but no means least, my uh, my co-pilot in the uh, the good spaceship USS Chelsea fancast, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, whose fan bites keep getting better and better and better. Lovely to see you as always, my old China. Thank you. I fear they may just become, if we haven't played very well, uh, back up, and that'll be the end of that. Well, I did yeah. suggest that. I yeah, did suggest did. that last week. That I would, did, I, I, would I would find it very funny. It'll reduce to that, actually. Yeah. No, but they're brilliant. They're brilliant. People love them, you know. People love them. This is what I, I had a very good chat with somebody who does a bit of content the other week, and I and I said, look, there is no secret to this. Just be yourself, be authentic, and just you know, don't be told by anybody else what no, what to do or how to do it. Do it how you want to do it, because that's what it's all about. So yeah. don't ever think about what they might like, J.K. You just do no, it how no, you no, do I, it. No, I, I, somebody said that they, somebody actually sort of almost got it right. They said I, I would uh, the background for this ought to be he ought to be in a in a. Uh, a sedan chair somebody came in um um not sedan chair just a big a big armchair sorry and somebody said uh, smoking a cuban cigar and <laughs> and uh, and I, I i took that as a positive and i put yeah that's what you do in the east stand east stand middle you, you, you know, do it like roly bark in qc with, with my yeah, with my manservant you know i should do it more like that well, no that would be that would that may be the case if i'm still doing them in 30 years have to be wearing a crushed velvet dressing gown as well oh i, I love that. it I love it. Smoking yeah. jacket with a, yes. with a with a beagle at my feet. And, and a smoking uh, hat. No, you, yeah. you, you, what, those bald, what are those bald cats called? The ones that only hair? Oh, yeah, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. You're, stri- you're striking on those cats that only hair going, hello, yes. my pretty, yes. hello, my beautiful. <laughs> right. I think we're going to say goodnight because this show's getting really surreal. Uh, right. Thank you all of my lot on here tonight. You've all been brilliant, as I said. Thank you to the Mixler people as well. It's always great to have you keeping us company. And for everybody else enjoying the podcast, thanks for listening. See you on Thursday. Uh, until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.